Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. On this episode, I am joined by one Brandon Jones. Hey. And one Daniel Bloodworth. Yo. Uh, I'm your host, Ben Moore. We uh, had some difficulty, this frame trap. Mm. One that we can't really explain. The TVs behind <laughs> us weren't recognizing the laptop, so we couldn't get the frame trap logo on there. But blood just kept turning it on and turning it off. And <laughs> it worked eventually. Uh, but this is a special episode, kind of, uh, because we're about to shoot Game of the Year. 2022, which is always kind of an exciting and, and nerve-wracking time, uh, just because it's you know it's a big undertaking. We talk a lot. There's a lot of feelings that come out, and um, by the time a lot of you hear this, we may be in the room deliberating. Uh, and so, on kind of right before that happens, how are you feeling going in to Goaties? Um, I mean, I'm always nervous, uh, but I'm I'm kind of in a pretty good state of yeah just feeling like you know i'll just i'll just let things go where they go you know like yeah. we're, we're never going to be able to play everything yeah and i've gotten into a couple of things that i was curious about that i was like i don't know if anyone else has played these games and mm-hmm. I was like oh yeah so, so rather than trying to you know be the fifth person to tackle an 80 long rpg or something I was like oh check out these other things yeah it it's weird because i feel like i've played so much and still have so much to play like i was um playing Inscription some more. Mm. I saw Huber playing that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I need to dive back in. And I got to the second act of that game, and I was like, this is amazing. This is this is incredible. Um, yeah. yeah, there's that's, just so that's much That's one for me, for sure, when I get my PC back. Yeah, yeah I think you would really like it. Brandon, how are you feeling? Good. Uh, yeah, boy, this could go in so many different directions, like so many different... Mm-hmm. Uh, we, were, we were doubling down on, like, um, you know, the whole concept of, like, genre awards and what's, like, different types of awards we gave out and whether we wanted to do all those. Like, we go through that every year. It's like, almost like the feeling of, like, looking at a totally different list. You're like, wait, that category doesn't make sense. And right. for some right. reason, it did make sense last year. Yeah, but and I, I think once we get into, like, trying to fill out some of those things, there's going to be more things to just, eh, just chop it. Yeah. But I don't... I have favorites, but they're not stuff where I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be a tough fight, or, man, I'm going to be... I'm really going to come out with my claws out, you know, with one right. game or one category and, like... I'm I'm it, I'm kind of excited where uh, all of the conversations are going to take us because I just think it was a pretty pretty equal year across the board just in terms of like so many exciting opportunities for like a lot of franchises to shine in ways they hadn't before and um, I think gaming I'm just so happy about where we wound up at the end of the year that it's like ah yeah I don't know what I would really I know what my favorites were I know what I would fight for I don't know what hills I would die on we'll see we'll right fight on a Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's, I, I might as well just get into it now because I think it's a good transition into this, uh, because I've been playing, uh, God of War on PC. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Review copy, uh, provided by PlayStation. Um, this is going to sound like an insult to 2021, but it's, it's, it's really not. I, I've been, <laughs> um, very happy with and have given high scores to many games. And there there are a ton of games this year that brought me joy. But there is no single game where I can say, like, with a bullet, this is it. You know, and, like, the one that, like, the hill that I would die on. I think there's a lot of them that I feel strongly about. But there's not one where it's like, okay, clearly all the allies are going to, like, agree on this. Playing God of War on PC and obviously, you know, it just looking better and, and, and like, running even better and playing on a super nice monitor on a super nice PC, it spoils you. But, like, even with all of that aside, 
I'm like, I cannot believe this game came out almost four years ago. Mm. Like, I think if this game, like, just just the, you know, small amount of time that I've put into it again, I'm like, I am having such a good time. Like, no wonder this game won 2018 Goaty. Like, obviously. Like, it makes so much sense. I think if this game came out in 2021, it would win 2021 Goaty. Like, it's still, it just, it's a modern masterpiece and it's like on on every level right and i think i think i was worried um revisiting god of war 2021 and i was like okay i already know the story like the beginning's going to be really slow and like i always hate that feeling going into a game mm-hmm. where like i really want to play this i just don't want to go through that beginning again and that was definitely the feeling that i had with god of war in my mind but it doesn't play out like that at all like it it kind of gets you into the gameplay, um, like, pretty immediately. Like, yes, there is some setup. Yes, there is some tutorializing. But in terms of, like, solving puzzles and getting your gear and setting up the world and introducing the major players, like, it's it's doing all of this kind of simultaneously and really organically in a way that is wonderful. It's not, like, so hands-off, like something like a Breath of the Wild or like a Dark Souls or something where it's just like kicks you into the world and says figure it out. It's not quite like that, but it it balances all of these aspects super, super well to the point where you're just like, you can just lose yourself in it immediately. You don't feel like you have to get to the good part. The good part is all the time, <laughs> which is awesome. Um yeah, it's interesting you mentioned gear, and I would think, like, for me, that's maybe one of the things that would hold me back sometimes from replaying something mm. is, that, like, I want to, re- you know, re-experience that story and that world. Right. I really don't necessarily, like, want to get into, like, fiddling with gear and builds and all of that all the time. I mean, some games, you know, right. where, like, you can just do a completely different play style, that's one thing, but, you know, most games and i think feel like god of war is one of them where it's like yeah there's there's gear and it's a good system but it's not something that like not something that i really want to put my time into on a second run necessarily yeah i totally get what you're saying like something about like like you think about an mmo right restarting an mmo and you're just like oh god i have to like go through that grind again you know trying to get the drops again or whatever it is um and I think the thing about God of War, almost uh, it's an advantage compared to like your more traditional, maybe turn-based RPGs, is it doesn't give you the gear right away. You're not worrying about sets right away. It just is telling you, you know, that you can throw your axe and rip dudes apart and, and so on and so forth. And so it kind of makes a case for it, the, the fun of its basic combat. And, like, yes, you get gear, and yes, that does matter, but it doesn't come at the cost of the moment-to-moment gameplay. You don't—it's not the gear that is necessarily winning the fights. It's still you mm-hmm. doing the actions. It's just, like, like, kind of this other layer sitting on top of it. And I had this moment uh, when I was playing it, I was like, oh, God, I forgot— how good the fighting was in this. Like, I, I knew, it's, it's one of those things where you you know it, you've talked about it, you've already praised it, but to go through it again, how smooth everything is, and how kind of immediately interesting a lot of the fights are. Like, you're not just going through 
fodder like for hours on end it's like oh you have this witch and it's like atreus can make it so it's easier to hit the witch and then you're fighting the trolls right right away and then you have projectile guys to worry about and so how do you balance the guys in the field versus throwing axes at them and how should you when should you use your fists versus the axe and it's like there's all of these layers to combat that i think make it strategically interesting but then like it just feels so goddamn good right like you always have to go back to that game feel where um if you can if you can have something where you just are having fun pressing buttons that's a plus but then you're having fun pressing buttons and you have to think about it a little bit but not so much that it's a chore like it just finds this pocket we think about like gaming combat even dating back to like dark forces you know mm-hmm. just like this whole vibe of like hallway 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 stuff opened up oh the bad guys uh shot everybody okay everybody's dead okay on to the next room oh yeah. more bad guys you know and it's like a lot of games are like hey that's our game you know there's nothing we can do about it but it's mm-hmm. neat like getting into the like moving from like tomb raider to uncharted and really like smoothing out the storytelling t- and like even like deus ex and stuff and just like really having the flow of like what are essentially the same combat scenario over and over again yeah i have options but like i'm still just shooting something or attacking something punching stuff and the smoothness from how that game introduces enemies, specifically new enemies, and the flow of the story to like when combat ends and Atreus starts talking about the fight you just had, like it's all right. so smooth and seamless. That's just like I, every time a fight comes up, you're like, yes, let's go, and not just like, oh yeah, more XP. It's like I can't wait to wreck these things. Yeah, <laughs> oh, throw yeah. guys off of ledges and stuff. So satisfying. Yeah, yeah. and you know, it, it walks you through kind of the basics of the game, but you learn like how to juggle enemies or like oh like it's i i can hit multiple enemies with light attacks if i time it just right like there are, there also feels like there's enough for you to kind of um intuitively gather on your own uh that makes it so much fun and like i want to talk about you and atreus and and how awesome that storytelling method is because i feel like a lot of these sort of more cinematic higher budget games they do this thing that I that really annoys me, and I understand why they do it, and I don't think we think about it that much anymore, where, like, they're alone in their adventure, and they talk to themselves all the time. Oh, yeah, like, Horizon is constant, yeah. Yeah, the, no, a lot of games do it, where yeah. they're like, oh, man, maybe, like, I should solve the puzzle this way. Like, they're trying to give you hints. The harvesting's always the worst. It's like, oh, yeah, this plant, this plant's great. You know, yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> thanks, Deacon, like, calm down. And it's just like, <laughs> when you get to kind of the more story-focused moments, you're like, I don't think this character would necessarily do this. Or they're, like, enough of an expert in this thing that they wouldn't need to, like, say it to themselves out loud. And that's why Atreus is so good. Like, he talks pretty constantly throughout your adventures, but they kind of position him in this interesting way where, yes, obviously, he is your son, he has a lot to learn, and so he's asking you questions that inform you as the player, but he also kind of comes from this different background where it's like, he knows languages that you don't, right? Or he has a relationship with his mother that he doesn't have with you, and so you kind of get, like, not only Kratos' side of the world, but his side of the world. And Kratos is not the type of character that would constantly talk to himself or quip to himself, but it makes sense that his son would be. And so it just, like, feels so much more natural and engaging having this person um, to bounce off of that never feels like they're in the way. They just are only contributing, which I think is really cool. And... um, Man, there's this amazing scene 
where I don't remember what he's upset about, but but I think he's like reflecting on Atreus is reflecting on his mom, and he's Kratos is behind him, and so Atreus can't see him, and Kratos like is about to reach out to like give him a hug or something or just embrace him. And then he pulls back, yeah. and you're just like, "Oh God, you, that says so <laughs> much!" Like you've, you've given me so much insight into their relationship through yeah. just a simple gesture. I love it. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things. I think when you get um, games that come out on on different platforms, uh, my mindset is, is always like, "Oh man, like I would love to play it, but I have so many things that I haven't played uh, that I would like to get to." And I'm glad that that wasn't the sentiment here. Like, just revisiting God of War. I like. I already had a ton of love for it. I won our game of the year, but I think four years on, it's still feeling so cutting edge and just so brilliantly designed. Um, is awesome, and I think I think like things that used to bother me about it don't bother me as much the second time around. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting how that, that happens sometimes. Yeah. You, know, you just, something just seems stupid or whatever. And then, like, you play a game long enough, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> right. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I wonder if that comes from some sort of like when you're evaluating something at the time. Cause, like, I did the preview for God of War. Right. And then, obviously, it came up a lot critically for Game of the Year and on French Rap and stuff like that. I wonder if that's like some innate desire to be like, no, I saw that flaw. I want to recognize it. You know, I don't want to sweep it under the bus. And I wonder if, like, the benefit of hindsight can sort of give you that. Actually, this doesn't really matter. Like, well, this I was, was just a yeah, nitpick. I was red hot on Red Dead Redemption Two that year, and I brought mm-hmm. all of that fire into Goaties. And I can't remember. It was like two or three years later. I don't know if it was a trailer for the new one or just like a video I was watching or something like Sony re-released. And I was watching gameplay that game for like thirty seconds and was like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably should have won. Look at that, you know, just yeah. because, like you were saying, like it. Somebody actually wrote into the showcase, the most recent community showcase, Patreon.com/slash Easy Allies. Nice. It was like I'm playing God of War, and I feel happy for Huber because he got me to play God of War. But like, eh, it's okay. He's like, it's just not really. And I can't remember. It was like, uh, you know, um, uh, where it's like, I, I don't know how to connect with you on that one because every developer I think wants to make hitting something with someone feel, you know, hitting someone with something feels as good as it does in that game. I don't right. know how they pulled that off. I don't know mm-hmm. how the wizardry at which right. it just feels different, that acts, you know, yeah. like it's so satisfying that they clearly, Thor and the Avengers just, yoink, just like ripped that whole concept of like, you throw it, you leave it, you call it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so fundamental and so much well, fun. That, that's something I noticed, you know, because one of the things I did over the break is I played Halo 5, right before I played, started Halo Infinite nice. campaign. Nice. That was a good decision. And, man, it's just like there's just something that they improved about the way those guns feel that I I yeah. can't put my finger on it. But in in Halo 5, I really wasn't having any guns that I particularly cared for. Mm-hmm. And in Halo Infinite, it's like, I like all these guns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was way, a big takeaway for me. One situation or another, camping. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Except the Ravager, I don't sure. really love it, but yeah. I have friends from high school reaching out to me, just re- totally independently via text. They're like, you, you playing Infinite? I'm like, yeah, do you like it? They're like, it's pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's back, baby. Yeah, Feels for good. sure. Um, Go Kratos. Yeah, man, it's just, it's it's blowing me away all over again, and I, I love that feeling. And I kind of, going back to what I was saying at the beginning, 
one, it makes me feel like time is flying by way too fast that God of War 2018 is almost four years old. Like, what happened? I yeah. feel like I was just sitting in a garage with Corey talking about yeah. that game <laughs> not that long ago. Uh, but, like, just the, the tiniest little things, right, where I feel like so many action games, you have, like, kind of your basic weapon and you have your light attack and then you have your light, light, heavy combo and it kind of all branches off from that. And it's like here... It's like, yes, you still have that stuff, but what if you had an axe where you could throw it and then on the way back it could also damage people and you could time that where you could hit multiple people and if you switch to your fist, you'll stun them. And then there are finishers, but the finishers change depending on like the type of enemy that you're fighting and you can do different things there. Like just really tiny, tiny things that are like almost nothing on their own but add up to making it feel, like, so singularly special in a really cool way. And maybe my mind will change once I... If if I'm able to get later on again uh, with this replay, but I've got some big reviews coming up, uh, if my feelings on the gear will change, but I love how the gear, like, feels so secondary mm-hmm. uh, right now. Bloodworth. I know a lot about God of War. I don't know a lot about Chicory. I know almost nothing. Yes. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people, like, even if they've seen, like, a clip of it in, like, a showcase or something, like, what, what is that game? So imagine if you took, like, Link's Awakening and you just made the whole game a coloring book. That's okay. A, that's essentially what you've got. Um, and so, uh, you, you play as this character, um, that, that doesn't have a, a canon name. You, you name the character. Uh, and they inherit this magic brush from the previous wielder, uh, and it's like this legacy of things that's it's it's passed down, and then you know, and all the color has vanished from the world, and so it's your job to a go around and recolor parts of the world, and then b sort of figure out what's what's going on, you mm-hmm. know, what what's happening that's causing this, um, and. It's got a lot of really cool things going for it. One thing I didn't even realize until like three nights in that it's like, oh yeah, this game doesn't have combat outside of boss fights. Oh, but it's just like the the gameplay is so engaging. Yeah, what you're doing is so engaging, anyways. That you just it doesn't even like it's not even something that crosses your mind because you're just having a good time exploring and coloring things. And one thing that's nice is like. You can color in things as little or as much as you want mm-hmm. um, so that you do need paint to kind of like um, – like a, a an early example is like you – if you paint like certain flowers, they'll bloom. And so then you can use those flowers as platforms where they might like spit mm-hmm. you up to a higher ground or something like that. Um, and then um, some of the other like earlier power-ups that you get with the brush is – uh, it'll like glow in the dark, so you can light your way through caves, or um, you can kind of do this platoon thing where you like dive into the paint, so you can kind of go through narrow gaps and that kind of thing. And so uh, the traversal and the exploration and the platforming feel really good. Uh, there's a lot of um, uh, little little gift boxes out there that have tons and tons of cosmetics, just hats and costumes and things that you put on. And it's real fun to play around with those. And then you can color your character to whatever color you want and color your, your hats and your outfits, what you want. Uh, but it's really nice because it's it it's 
it's also limited. So every sort of region of the map, there's there's a four color palette. So you have your basic black and white, but then there's four colors that go in there. Hmm. Um, and then there's also these gift boxes of like brushed styles. So you can actually change like the pattern of your brush. So you can have like horizontal lines. You can have like polka dots or whatever. And, and does that actually matter in terms of the gameplay, or is it just it's your... just to like okay. you know give you more options for like how you want to paint and like what little details and things that you want to put into in, into things. Uh, but yeah, you will need to you know like somebody wants you to, to like paint their house, or um, you might need to like paint a tree to like you know get a kitten to, out of it, and then the kitten goes to like orphanage and. Uh, uh, and there's a uh, there's a, like an art academy, and there's a few times where they will just essentially give you a prompt, or they'll give you a picture to copy, and you've got to go through and like on the the canvas, you know, with your PS5 controller or your mouse or whatever you're using, um, you know, try to paint that picture. And so some of them would be like, okay, here's an example, here's a character, draw that character, and some of them would just be like, fear. <laughs> like, there's a blank canvas for you to draw fear. Spider, yeah. easy, done. Yeah. Scary. Um, <laughs> but most of those are optional. Mm-hmm. So that's what, again, it's kind of one of those interesting things to where, you know, like my map, you know, a lot of it is still very blank, but then I'll just come across a screen and, you know, just start filling in color and, you know, do this. And I'll, you know, I'll fill in this screen for whatever random reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, one of the things I did like early on is I would like make sure that like I color in characters so that they stand out from the background and uh, figure out what palettes I like for them. Uh, and then like at the same time, uh, it's the dialogue is really, really good and like really introspective. And so Mm. it's like anyone that's an artist, I think can relate to like a lot of these issues of like, you know, feeling like you're not good enough for the responsibility you have or you're trying to please your parents or you're trying to please your elders or, you know, you're really looking up to this person, but you realize that, like, they've got a lot of flaws and hang-ups too. Right. And so, like, the characters just kind of go back and forth and process these things. Um, and there's, like, little decoration spots and stuff too. You unlock, like, a whole, like, sets of things to, like, you know, put things in little rooms, kind of like an Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer kind of nice. thing. Um, this almost sounds like color therapy. It is. It is <laughs> like very, very chill. And and one of the reasons. Okay, so there's two main reasons I ended up getting into this game. Um, number one is, you know, I'd heard other people. I've heard this game brought up a lot. Bringing this game up, mm-hmm. but I hadn't heard any of the other allies bring it up. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like I was saying, like rather than like be like wheel six on some game that everybody else is already going to talk about. I want to check this out. Good on you, blood. Yeah. Um, And then number two is uh, Lena Rain doing the music who uh, did the music for Celeste. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's like, and I do that sometimes like, oh, that person's writing the music. This is going to be a good time. And it is. Like, there are things early on that very, like, directly remind me of Celeste. But there's such a broader range. There's so many different things. And now this is where I'm probably going to end up repeating myself in Game of the Year discussions. But there's so many different things in there that like, oh, this reminds me of early Final Fantasies. Like, oh, this reminds me of Crystal Chronicles. Oh, this reminds me of Paper Mario. Mm-hmm. And just all of these different environments and things. Really good about secrets. Really good about just, yeah, like if you like exploration and you're not like trying to just like press for time, like it's a really good 
yeah, like you're saying, like a relaxing game. Yeah. You know, and and the coloring, it's the thing. It's like the coloring feels good mechanically, and it feels good to just just let yourself loose creatively. And it, and that's one of the things that was it's really been interesting to me. Like with those canvases, it's like just sort of like just kind of like scratching off the the rust, you know, of not having drawn anything for a while. It's like, oh, now yeah. I have to draw this, and like, oh, this is actually, I'm actually, this is this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> and and then those conversations, like, oh yeah, I like really. I relate to what you guys are going through right now. Mm. This is like this is reminding of me of things in my life. Yeah, I thought of um, Okami, and this was not yeah. a huge issue with Okami, but in Okami you have to draw up shapes or you have to brush stroke in a certain way in order to like produce a, a desired effect for combat or exploration. And for the most part, it's very good. But you would run into instances where you're like okay, it didn't think that I made the shape, but I did make the shape. And so, like, it just, that little bit of frustration in terms of, like, software interpretation and your own intention. Does that ever happen with um, Chicory where you're like, oh, I thought I colored it the way that you wanted me to, but I guess I didn't? It actually doesn't really have anything like that. The, the The boss fights are kind of interesting because there's nothing else in the game that's like it. You know, you're basically kind of, you know, you're trying to, you know, attack them with the brush, but you're also trying to, like, dodge, mm. you know, almost like an MMO or something. You know, it's like you've got, like, okay, this line's coming this way and i got to move out of the way, you know. And so that's a little bit more, you know, you have to have more reflexes and stuff for that. Uh, but through most of the game, that's sort of not really too much of an issue you mm-hmm. can kind of like hold down the button and it'll just sort of start filling out um just kind of spreading out through the, like the whole um like whatever is it like within those lines right and so sometimes that can get a little bit weird because any like other objects that are touching it will automatically like pop into that color and so if you're trying to you know create a color scheme and sometimes like oh i didn't want to fill that thing and so like i could go back or like there might be like a like tree trunks was a thing that like oh I want to like color that tree trunk but it, like every time somehow I'm just not clicking the right spot I'm trying to 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 fill that in but for the most part like things like you, you don't really have to draw shapes and stuff so much yeah. um I think what you were so, saying with the tree trunk was yeah. is kind of the point that I was mm. trying to um to get to for And sure. even when they have the prompts it's like it's very like non-judgmental mm. uh, in terms, Good. you know, it's, it, it, it'll get in there and yeah. it'll, it'll really comment actually on like the colors that you picked and, you know, and, and brush, brush styles and stuff that you picked in a way that feels natural, even though, you know, it's like, okay, this is just pulling from a database, but it's still, it feels like feedback. Sure. Which yeah. Is, which is cool. That is cool. Um, and there's I, a little side quest that's even tied to uh, doing those as well mm. with another, another character and stuff, issues that they're going through. Uh, I I loved when you were talking about like oh I want to color in the characters to to make them stand out and it's neat that like how you color the characters could be completely different than how I color the characters, um, but I since you're you're kind of making your mark on this world right that's one of the the primary things that you're doing if not the primary thing is there ever anything is there like like a little monster or a villain or something that will like undo what you've done and you'll like go back and be like wait a minute that's not how i left that um not to that extent but there's there are times when you kind of have to sort of um 
there'll be like little bugs that'll leap paint or there'll be like uh, just kind of like just sort of like darkness. And so you kind of have to do that timing of like, okay, I've got to like color this in really quick and then like move through gotcha. um, to to get there. Um, you mentioned uh, like a side quest and you mentioned how good the dialogue is. Is that really the reason why you would go out and seek these things out is just to kind of get as much of that flavor as possible or are there things that you get like different cosmetics or yeah there's like i said there's there's an incredible amount of costumes Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are like you know really you know cool or or cute or whatever and it's nice to like get earmuffs when you go up on like a snowy mountain or, or or that kind of thing um and yeah so the the there's See, there's costumes, there's the brush styles, there's the decorations, um, and then there's uh, music. Uh, there's also plants that you can like plant, you know, in like little gardens and stuff like that. Um, a lot of that stuff um, you get either through side quests or uh, you you can see uh, litter. There's just like trash. It's like so if you pick up trash, there's some characters in the world that will take the trash from you and then give you a record player with you know three different songs so then like that's part of creating your space too right so it's like oh okay there's this beach party what record player am i going to put down and which song from the game i'm going to play at this beach party so yeah i I feel like there is so much of the appeal of animal crossing in this game where like it's just the how do i express myself that is the fun of it which is really cool um the bo- you mentioned that they're not being combat really outside of the bosses. Are the bosses, you know, this game is very introspective. Are the bosses kind of thematically relevant to what, what you're going through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's all very tightly tied into the story. Nice, nice. Um, and so, yeah, and so it's, it's it's all part of figuring out, like, what, what the heck is going on, you know, and why is this happening? Um, did you play through the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, how about how long was it? Um, it told me, I think when I finished, it told me it was, I had put in like 23 hours. Okay. That but, is much longer than I would suspect. Yeah, it's longer than I was thinking too. But yeah. it's, it's weird because again, it's like you can just get obsessed just with little out. details. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you want, there's it's a cool. lot more that I could do. You know, I could do a lot more drawings. Like there's a whole like art gallery with like lines and lines of portraits and there's portraits around the world. There's like, you well, if you go and do your art lessons, this is where it's going to end up. Yeah. Um. One of them, one of the prompts that I, I was like actually happy with because I wasn't sure if I was going to pull it off. It's like, it's like an adorable creature. It's like, okay. And then by the end, it's like, I think I have an adorable creature. <laughs> <laughs> does it... Honey, is this adorable? Does it like... Because you said it didn't judge you or it would compliment on the decisions that you made. Does it, does it guide you in terms of like style at all? Or, or offer any... Not re- like I said. Sometimes there will be like you're, you know, you're making a color version of an old painting that was black and white, you mm-hmm. know. And so, okay, it's like I'll I'll try to do what you did here. But then, like I said, like an adorable creature. It's like right, go for it. Yeah, cool. I don't know if you had just drawn stripes, what it would tell you, but <laughs> uh, Brandon, I speaking of games that I don't know anything about. Yay. Uh, you said you were bringing this, and I just saw it at a glance on Steam, right. and like that glance, yeah, I know, made me think like, oh damn, this looks really cool. It seems like my kind of jam, yeah. Uh, which is, it's called "Forgive Me, Father," and mm-hmm. at a, again, I I don't know anything about it really, but at a glance, it kind of seemed like a, uh, like 
Lovecraftian FPS? Is that is that an accurate? It's kind of that dusk, qu- early quake kind okay. of vibe that's like making a resurgence, but you where you have a lot of like two dimensional enemies, and that can either be super fun if you're like you know going back and playing Doom and just like blowing up demons and stuff. And this there's like a lot of zombies. There's a lot of tentacle monsters. There's a lot of like Innsmouth is a very strong current. If like anyone's a Lovecraft fan out there, it's like those people that turn into fish people. It's um, so it's so weird because like. <laughs> I, I could not call myself a Lovecraft fan. I haven't actually like sat down with the works of H.P. Lovecraft, but I've consumed so many things right, that right, Lovecraft has right. inspired that I feel like I have some connection and understanding of what it is. It's I've read enough thing. Lovecraft that it always cracks me up whenever I watch some horror movie and like somebody's like, have you ever heard? And I'm like, of Lovecraft? And they're like, of Lovecraft? <laughs> like, yes, I have. <laughs> Where are we going with this? Yeah. Um, well, the like, multiverse of madness, like the ma- that's right. you know a lot of that's just kind of pseudo based on this idea of you know Hellboy, the idea of like the galaxy opening up and just tentacles coming through. What is that thing? I can barely see it. Um, that's Lovecraft, like, <laughs> and so much of it is like vo- I'm getting voices. You know, even like like Poe did a lot of that with the, the, like the Telltale Heart and you know the darkness speaks to me. What does it mean? You know, and, and as a reader, like for a lot of people in the fiction in that era, you know, a lot of it was like, you're crazy. And that's the way that people just kind of summed it up. They were like, I don't have to think about that. A lot of a lot of my I'll give old horror to friends and they're like, well, did the nurse do it? And I'm like, what do you think? And they're like, did she do it? And I'm like, the, the point of it is that you don't know. Like <laughs> you come out of these stories being like, I don't know. You know, like um, is that shark coming back at the end of Jaws? I don't know. Uh, and so a lot of the spookiness of it, which I wouldn't expect a very like hallway trap based lots of staircases and platform type of shooter with like shotguns and pistols would have like kind of a creepy story and Mm. and like do a good job of like you know kind of throwing very strange looking things at you uh play this with headphones on almost entirely played with a mouse and keyboard for my friend ben moore (laughs) i I was tempted i was tempted for a second to plug in that uh controller and then i'm like this just doesn't feel like that type of a game. It definitely looks like a massive keyboard game. And I'm getting headshots. And one thing that's fun about this game is it's so it's very grotesque. And again, the enemies are two dimensional and um, kind of it's kind of like if Dusk and like Thirteen had a baby, you know, like Thirteen, hmm. the new one they just did a re- horrible remaster of, mm. and then that turned into some Lovecraftian monster. That's kind of this game. Uh, but it's very gross. It's very loud. The music is very heavy and scary and like an intense. The animation can be kind of silly. One of the first enemies you come up against is a zombie. And if you headshot them, you blow their head off, and they're holding a zombie head, and they put that head on their head, and you have to headshot them again to, like, take them out. That's but really good. Stuff yeah. doesn't have a lot of health. Like, it's more like you have to know where these things are. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you hear a growl Resident Evil style, it's like, oh, that thing's behind me. Mm. But, every again, everything is just, like, kind of two or three frames of animation coming at you pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bunch of hallways, but it was just cackling, just running through this thing because it's so over the top, but not in a in a in a in a way that's grounded enough in horror that they can be silly, but it's like ah, you know, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of opening doors and something just rushes you, you know, and you have to like oops, switch to my shotgun real fast, yeah, which I don't use too much because I'm trying to save ammo, et cetera, et cetera. I am just curious because it's, it's interesting where. I feel like a bunch of people, like, completely separate were like, man, what if we brought Quake back? Or the the style of Quake. And then it all kind of happened very quickly. Um, And so I'm curious, like, how much 
uh, it is is inspired by like your your Quaker Doom. Like, are you finding different colored keys? Or is there like a wireframe map? The, I'm definitely finding keys. They're ne- it's pretty straightforward. It's like once I go into an area, a key is going to get me out of here. I don't have I to be like ah the the chartreuse key. I got to go back to that chartreuse door. It's like no, keep moving. Like the game's more interested in kind of spooking you and like throwing things at you and setting up real clear barriers between like you've killed everything. Silence. That silence will end soon. Have fun, you know, mm. and it's like, all right, is that silence at the end of this platform when I get up here or this door that I'm going to open? Like, there's, a, it really loves to be like, oh, you walked down that part of the hallway. Now 50 of these things are rushing you. One thing that's really interesting, having played Doom a bunch, is when I finally got the shotgun, I was like, oh, sweet, I can do crowd control that much more. And, like, not really, like, it's still, like, maybe the person next to that person in front of you would take damage, but it's really just going to, like, obliterate one target. Mm-hmm. But they love throwing, you know, 20, 30 of these things at you. Kind of comedically, like, the light changes and laughter. You know, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it, has, it definitely has, like, a funhouse vibe to it. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of tricky for me. I'm like, maybe I just don't play these games enough where it's just like, ooh, it's tough to juggle 20 of these in a very small space. You know, it's kind of like Left 4 Dead, where it's like once you once one of those guys grabs you and you slow down just a little bit, you're like, ah, I'm, I'm stuck. Um, and so, and I just don't play these games that much. I did mm-hmm. not play Quake at the time. I played Doom on like the Sega 32X or something. <laughs> you know, it's like I went. I don't I, think I've played the 32X all the great PC shooters. I came at from the wrong console, the wrong direction. Ten years late, like I just did. I did not grow up getting good at that type of stuff. Um, which is why I wanted to play with mouse and keyboard. It's just just felt more just right. like like yeah. these two dimensional things again. That funhouse vibe. It just felt more like I really want to be precise. You know, shoot him in the legs, see what happens. You you just brought up the shotgun, and I, it made me just reflect on the shotgun and old Dune games. Where yeah, it's not it's not about crowd control; it's about stopping power. And yeah. you can like you can use the shotgun as a sniper rifle in those games. Where like things can be <laughs> so far and, away, yeah. and, and there's a lot of hallways. So like as long as I can get out of this room and know where my exits are. I can go down this super long hallway, and then this big train of things comes in, and then I just, what do I got? Thirty six shells left, you know. And that's also fun, you know. Like it's a little, you know. My 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 tactics here aren't like you know genius, but it's still like, you know, pulse pounding. The music's intense, and um, it was fun. I was surprised. In the middle of the day, I'm playing this game, and I'm just like, whoa, this is you know, mm. my my my. Your blood temperature's rising just a little bit because it was it came out. I think it's an it's an early access. Um, I wouldn't say it's it's not rough around the edges. Like it's uh, it v- moves very smoothly and the whole pace of the game and it run, ran really well. I played it on Steam, um, but it's definitely like you know the, the more of this game is coming. It's kind of like their you know their first foray. And we were talking about this genre making a resurgence. There are like names. It's one of those genres where I see like a blah 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 game, like a Tony Fox game or whatever, mm. and it's like ah, I should know who that is. But I don't, and so I wonder. I don't know if this is a, the team's first effort. There was a fallen aces joke right in the tutorial, like just aces on a table, fallen aces. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I don't know if it's the same team or if like they know each other. Um, so it's it's and fallen aces. I played the demo as well, and can't wait to play the full thing. Mm-hmm. It's just so it's so retro and yet so like tough and kind of just beautiful to watch. Just these things. I go down a hallway and this thing. You know, to come like down, and I'm just kind of staring at it. Like, I know I can headshot this thing when it gets close. I'm just gonna watch this. Like, here I am in 2022, and this is like 10 frames of animation, but I'm digging yeah. it. Like, yeah, it's spooky. Um, how much does it lean into the story? Uh, as much as you want, it it, it literally will say story. <laughs> There'll be like a point on the wall. It's like story. Okay. And then you go up E, just t- it tags it, and then like 
it's a whole smattering of stuff. So it'll be like a letter, a photo, a map, you know, mm. and you can, you know, some of that stuff I recognize like, oh, yeah, that's part of the story I'm not interested in. And the other parts I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Madam, what's her name? That's right. What, what did she? Oh, she died. OK. Um, but if you don't, you know, if you're playing it through a second time, there's no cutscenes to slow you down or anything, you know. It just it opens up, you know, mm-hmm. like like Doom. Was it Doom One or Doom Two? Right on the table, where you just get him. Huh? I got a gun. <laughs> you know, like I think you are a. I don't learn learn a lot about you, at least from what I've played so far. Wait, but like you're a. What are you talking about with Doom? You just wake up on a table, right? Is it? Two, oh, is in twenty sixteen. Is that twenty sixteen that you where were you yeah, like yeah. where you like just. Yeah. Start punching everything. Yeah. yeah, where, yeah. where he's basically like, fuck the story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, so it, yeah, you start in a room that's actually very inscription ish. I was oh. like, oh, this kind of makes me feel like that cabin. Um, but uh, um, so you can explore and like every now and then you'll turn a corner and like, oh, okay, if I want to stop right here, I can read this. I just imagined Huber like reading all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just, we, you know, second time I played it, I already read all these things. I'm just going to keep on trucking. Um, and, uh, and I think that fits because it is tough just in um, – it's not took, – took me a while to get any sort of like assault type thing. Like it yeah. was just very single target. Every click counts. Not a ton – like ammo didn't really run out. But like when I found it, I'd be really happy. When I got health, I was like, oh, thank mm. you. You know, so it wasn't like survival horror. But like compared to like Painkiller and games I've like kind of played in this vein, it's like – those games, I just feel like I'm constantly shooting something. It's yeah. like, even if I'm looking at an environment, I'm like, something's running at me, right? Oh, yep, look at that thing over there. It's trying to make its way over to where I am. And there were definitely moments of solitude, moments of like kind of Alan Wake-ish, Silent Hill, like, cool. oh, let me breathe in the environment. And then, oh, another corridor. Um, you mentioned it was early access. I saw that it was $14.99, you know, pretty, pretty cheap price. But I guess my concern with it being early access, even at the low price point, is like the natural question is how how much is in it like is it is it one act and there's meant to be three or uh how does it how does it, it do it it just seems like one of those games that's so settled into its budget that like i'm not concerned it seems like they're really because sometimes you have something like forest and that's in really access for a really long time mm-hmm. something horror based that's like so high on premise that you play it and you're like i really got into get into this full thing before you show me what what's going on here and I remember, like, what I should invest in or what's really going to work in this game. And I remember playing GoldenEye on the N64, and I'm like, I just want more levels. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I like this game. And this seems kind of like, what was the um, game similar to this that was, like, uh, more gothic? That was kind of like Nightmare Creatures, where we were, like, in an alleyway, and we were all obsessed with it. Lighting was a big thing. It was kind of, it was Thief-esque, where there's lots of stealth. Oh, and- oh, Yes. Where I like want, that wasn't very I long. Say Gloomhaven. Yeah, something like that. Oh right, Gloomhaven's a Gloomhaven game. I think and there's Gloomwood. Yeah, oh boy. One but or the like, other. That was super long, but you you kind of know that full it, game I is going to deliver is Gloomwood, just yeah. that. You know, it's like sells itself enough on its premise. And I don't know if you remember this, Blood, when I sent you the request. I got this game a while ago. I think I got this before Christmas, got the code, uh, and then played it. Played a little bit before Christmas and played a little bit just to refresh myself before Frame Trap. And if you are confused at all, if you're like, oh, you know, uh, forgive me, Father. That's really interesting. Like, let me just check that out. Ten seconds of this game is all you need to see to whether you know, like, oh, that looks yeah. interesting. Or right now, and I, it's like I just messaged you, and I was like, um, put that on my li- – because just on a list, Lovecraft, Shooter, like all these things, you know – murder mystery, you know, <laughs> the the time period and who you play as. And and then I just saw the aesthetic and was like, oh, yeah. Same with the Fallen Aces. Like, please, please. Uh, fun to look at. Really, really interesting art style. And again, played on Steam and just ran, ran beautifully. Yeah. I, I always love that 
when you are getting a new game on PC and you're like, okay, this is trying to be old. I don't have to worry about it running. Yeah. Like it's just, it's going to run like a dream. Or it's really great. like kind of like, you know, Horizon 2 is coming out soon. Like we got some Forza Horizon 5. I think about that a lot. Yeah. Whenever something even buckles for half a second in Forza Horizon 5, it's like, oh, you know? yeah. or it's like some of these games, you don't, you yeah. know, quibble about that stuff because you know it's the bar is just in a completely different direction. Do you ever jump so high in Forza Horizon 5 <laughs> that the map kind of loads out? Like, there's just a hole in the ground over there. <laughs> Not uh, as many times as you have, but, but yeah, maybe. Uh, it is it is time for the sizzle, and I, I think this is is a hot one, or at least I want you guys to to treat it like that. Like, really don't pull any punches. Okay. Treat it like a hot one! Uh, <laughs> with this, the, the, the question that I bring to you, the thing that I'm doing to make it hot is, what game do you think... Will be the most snubbed oh, at the at, yeah. uh, at Easy A game yeah. of the year. This year. <laughs> of course, this is all in good fun. Oh, right? I mean, well, I can tell you what game I'm not going to be able to play before Goaties. The Broken Head. Did you listen to Cap this morning? I mentioned it on Cap. I was like, oh no. The uh, whole thing. I don't know what. Life is strange. I'm just like, oh, uh, sure. you know, yeah. it's like. I feel There's that so many other things. I think Returnal probably beat Life is Strange. I think the last two hours of Guardians, because I'm just loving so much, but I know I'm not going to finish, but I just can't. It's just my my guilty pleasure. Guardians is so great. Yeah. Um, and such a, yeah, uh, it's so much fun to go through. And I just think about the hours I put into Guardians. It's like, I probably could have put two or three of those hours into, into Life is Strange, but there's just too many games. Yeah. Yeah. Guardians is one that, yeah, when this is all done, I want to go back to and finish for sure. Really enjoyed that. Um, it, it's weird. I'm, I'm not finished with Guardians yet because, like, I really like it. I'm, I'm enjoying my time with it. But it's one of those. It's one of those weird games where it's like, yes, I really like this. I don't think it is in any way goaty, you know. Sure. Like it's, yeah. It's I, a weird category to be in. It is. I. I. It's just the way that we have structured our goaties, and I like this. I like our goaties. Yeah. If, you know, just in case you're curious, um, we have a lot of fun categories that really honor mm. a lot of things you don't necessarily think of. Yeah. And the last couple goaties in particular, I was like, those snuck up on me. I'm not gonna have a best character. I'm like, ah. You know, I think it was like two years ago. I had no purchase on anybody. I was like, I don't right. know any of these people. Um, and so I was like, I really want it. That's why I wanted to play Life is Strange to right. be ready for that. Yeah. We all know it's Echoes of the Eye. We all know it's uh, <laughs> it's the Outer Wilds DLC. Right. But oh, none of us the, none of uh, us are going to finish nor understand. Well, and Isle is going to be in the back there with with a box of tissues. Yeah. I, well, the one the one thing that I think it it could be shout out to Isla because you know well per- personally it's it's one that I know I'm not going to end up playing before we talk. But then the Death reaction loop. from the allies, <laughs> that Death Loop. The reaction from the other allies is like, oh, I nah. called it. Yeah. Oh, nice. That, yeah, well, that, I was being a joke. They're, they're yeah, right. like, it, it, and it's so funny because I feel like that's the way the awards are this year. It's, it's like one outlet will be really behind yeah. something, and and others just like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about right now? I wrote Deathloop out before the holidays. That's why I think before we went into game. Kind awards. of funny. Just gave uh, Ratchet and Clank the game of the year. And I'm like, wow, I like that game. That I've played enough of. I don't. I don't see that yet getting anywhere close to our game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But that was it's 2021. So I think 2021, the way I can sum it up best is, did you play that game? Yeah. How was it? Fantastic. Really? Yeah. Re- yeah. Really, really good. Really, really great. Loved every minute of it. Totally fantastic. Got my 60 bucks. Made me really happy. I feel like I'm a better person because I played it. Cool. Go to material? Hell no. Yep. <laughs> it's every game. You know? It's That's- like... 
The way you exactly described it is how I feel about Deathloop. Because every time I talk about it, I feel like I'm trashing it. And it's like, no, I, I like this game yeah. a lot. It's just definitely for sure not Goaty. I like to say something about Avengers. People are like, so you don't like that? I'm like, I have maxed every character yeah. but Black Panther. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, that's the funny thing, too. Because I think with Forza. You know, yeah, it's like Forza we'll, Horizon 5 we'll, isn't We'll Goaty. talk like I'm talking about Forza. Eight like, million. It's like, yeah, I, I think I might Goaty? be around 80 or 90 on Forza now. It's fun. The they really got me with the the weeklies with the the winter season. With oh, is that what got you? And stuff. Yeah, because I just kept like they just kept giving me checklists and like I just keep going back to the game. Yep. And so like after that series, like those four weeks were done. Like okay, I'm yep. now I'm moving on. Sometimes I don't <laughs> think you don't understand my open world addiction. But then <laughs> a game like this comes along and I get it. Those checklists. The Outer Wilds DLC punches me in the soul because <laughs> when we talked about Outer Wilds. I hadn't finished it. I still haven't finished it, but I played enough of it to be like, okay, I see why this is special. Yeah. Like I, 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 I get it, and I was definitely like on its side. I haven't even touched the Outer Wilds DLC. Right. And I've got I, no idea I'm what's going before. on there. Yeah. So that 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 one hurts for sure. I might I might dabble in it. I might get a chance to dabble in it, but that's gonna be about as, as much as it gets. Um, Life is Strange True Colors, I definitely think is correct in terms of like i'm not going to play that before goatee either and and if and if huber really fights for it um which i could see happening because he he loves life is strange it's just like yeah i'll have to take your word for it um one for me coming from the kind of the opposite side of that is guilty gear strive oh yeah. where it's just sure. like i don't think anyone else understands why this game meant so much to me in 2021, and why I think it's so good. We're hitting such a. Cozy I think Guilty Gear is in one of those levels that I, I could I could see it just from the the little bit that we played, and mm. you know, seeing you play. It, yeah, I, I I could totally get the merits of it, even if I, you know I haven't invested all that much time myself. Yeah, I think it's just, um, and maybe this is maybe this is unfair. Maybe this this isn't true, and and the other allies will respond differently than this. But I think it's just kind of like if, if you play a really great hardcore racing game we, the other allies just don't have that it's not that they don't respect it or can't understand why it's good it just doesn't even like bubble up in their brain yep. when they're thinking about contenders it's just like i just don't expect a fighting game to bubble up in anyone else's brain other than my own uh which is not a problem it's just the the way the cards are dealt with this stuff so my goatees are tough it's eight hours of brain bubbling yeah right. it is, yeah and it, it, like what's so I think I would be so much more satisfied with Goaties if I didn't get done every single Goatee and being like, damn, I wish I would have talked about that more. And that's, like, yeah, that's, every that's, time. Yeah. That's um, Okay, so mine is Guilty Gear. What did you say yours was? Deathloop. The game Death. that I have not played. Oh, <laughs> and the allies seem not down on, but right. not as high as other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I managed those Goatee hours. And mine's Life is Strange, True Colors, for yeah. sure. Those are good picks. Those are good picks. All right. Um, this sizzle is brought to you by some wonderful shout-out to your patrons. We shout you out on all of our various podcasts. We have quite a few. Uh, for this one, gentlemen, I thought, you know, in honor of God of War, give me your best Kratos shout-out. Oh, shout yeah. Shout-out to El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, and Nick Shout, Shout out, out, boy! Shout out, boy! Yeah, the boy, the boy is, the boy is key. Ooh, okay. 
I am really excited to talk about this uh, mm. because I've been putting some time into it uh, again, and that is Returnal. Oh, yeah. Um, Started that the other day, yeah. Mm. Yeah, Returnal, I feel like everybody always has this game at Game of the Year as well, where like you played it when it came out, and it came out like early-ish, and then you come back to it, and you're like, oh, yeah, this thing. <laughs> uh, that's that's definitely been uh, Returnal for me. I have a lot to say, but I've already talked about Returnal on Frame Trap. And so, Blood, I know you've been playing. And then, Brandon, have you dug into it at all? Yeah. Okay. So I kind of want to... Just a touch. I, I don't think... You guys have talked about it on a Frame Trap, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious mm-hmm. where you're at with the game, how, how it's been progressing, and kind of your, your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's sort of not... Spoiler, not spoiler. I've, I've passed Act One. <laughs> oh. So if, if wait a minute. If you've gotten, if you've played the game, you know when it, you know the trophy pops up and tells you Act One. But I don't want to spoil what that is for people that play it for the first time. But uh, wait a minute, hold on. I want to know. Okay, because because <laughs> I, 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 all right, potential spoilers. Skip ahead if you don't want to hear this. This is your warning right now. So. When you say I want, do you mean the first boss, or do you mean is that a, is it a different thing? Um, no, not the first boss. Okay. No. Yeah, I've been I've been uh, through. I, I've gotten access to three biomes and and then some. Okay, because I've <laughs> last was it last night? Yeah, last night I got to the final health bar of the third biome boss and then died. Oh, no. And was super salty. Oh, no. So I don't think I've experienced what you're talking about yet. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I definitely have not. Interesting, because I thought you'd played more of it before that. Yeah. No, I have. I have picked at it before. I, I started it over again. Mm-hmm. I didn't continue from from where I was. But, yeah, I was at the, the, third, the third biome, last health bar, and I, I'm going to... I'm gonna play it tonight, <laughs> so maybe maybe yeah, I'll so, have to understand. What but you're it's talking. third biome. So that kind of gets into what I was saying. Like <laughs> this game is weird, and then it's like it can be like really hard and brutal until it's not. <laughs> that's yes, Brandon. I said that there was something that right. I wanted to say, and that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's not that it's not. I still think it's hard. Like just straight up, I, I think it is, right. a, is a challenging game, at least in comparison to most games. But it's not like I think. When you first start playing it, it feels like a brick wall in a way that it eventually reveals itself not to be. Right. Yeah. So what I mean is it's sort of like sometimes you just sort of, you you know, and, and this is true of like a lot of roguelike stories. Like sometimes you just get like this combination of factors right. that sort of works out in your favor towards like, I'm just in sync with what the game is doing right now. Right. And I'm just going f- what feels like forever. Right. And so that's kind of what happened... With Returnal, it was like I had one really good run where I got through a boss and I got pretty deep into this second area and I got to the second boss and then the second boss just knocked me out. And then it was like, I cannot get to this second boss. Yeah. Like there's a shortcut to go straight to that area, but like anything I was trying was like, I'm not getting back to this boss. And then um, and then uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to like think about this. I'm gonna prepare a little bit. There's a, there's an item that kind of acts as like a one up, so they're like, okay, when you die, you just sort of your, your health refills, and so okay, I'll, I'll I'll make sure I get one of those, and then make sure I have that so that when I face this boss again, then I, I'll be good to go. And what was funny is, 
I got through that boss, not even using the one up, mm. and then I got through the whole next area and through the next boss without even using the one up. It's, <laughs> it's just like, well, cool. It's so interesting because I think I think Island Huber really struggled with the second boss. Mm-hmm. And I have not Oh yeah, I thought it was really it was tough. Yeah. I have not died to the second boss yet. Like when oh, I get okay. I've I've fought it mm. twice and both times I got through it. Mm. Uh but then in the third biome, like I would, I, I'll get far in the third biome and then I'll just die. Like I, the third biome has been a, a, a sticking point for me. And so I was so happy when I finally got to the boss. I don't think I would have been as salty if I yeah. died like immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But you, then getting to you, getting you, so close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what was, was weird about that third biome because it was just like a one and done for me. It's like, oh, wow. There we go. Oh, <laughs> man. No, I, <laughs> no, I've been there and I don't even know how many times, but a number of times. Yeah. And it's it's weird because there's ah, there's so much to dig into. Where do I even begin? Um, the I have a question for you that is not that is not a uh, host question. But you mentioned the item that gives you uh, that resurrects you. There's also a parasite that will be like if you die, I will detach and you'll get you'll survive a killing blow. Okay. And so I haven't been able to test it, but I don't know. Does the parasite and the item that revive you stack. Right. And also, like, surviving a killing blow, does that refill your health? Or no. Just... So with the that's the other interesting thing about it. Because I think with the, the astronaut item, I don't think you get all your health back, but you get some health back, right? Okay. I, I felt like you get all of it back. But you I, might. I don't yeah. remember. I mean, at least you get a... Pretty significant amount. Yeah, I thought I thought it was like a significant amount. I didn't think it was all, but I, I could be wrong. But when you the parasite, when you lose the parasite, you you have like just a tiny sliver of health. Right. So. Sure. But it's like if you can have both of those things and they'll both work, having a couple of extra lives would be. Mm-hmm. I'm strategizing. Sounds like, like wishful thinking. Well, and now I'm like, okay, I know I can beat this boss, but if I can have those. Extra life items, and if I can come in with healing items, because healing items are so good, I think I can tank this enough to beat it. Hmm. I was thinking about that in the shower today. <laughs> um, but yeah, but what was what was funny to me though, like one of the things with this, this game, and I'm, I've you know now that I've put more time into, it, I'm definitely warming more up because I'm like, where the crap is this story going? Holy crap! Yeah. Um, but. Uh, but for a while, it took a it took a while for me to like really get a sense of direction. It just felt so aimless because like again, it's like it's not a world that you explore. It's just like all yeah. the, the random rooms and like okay, these are side quest rooms and this is main path rooms. And it took me a while to like really clue in and like, oh okay, if I go here, then this will get me to the boss quicker. Or if I go yeah. here, you know, and just so just trying to like sort that out and like just kind of learn the language of how this game is built yeah uh it it, it definitely made me feel kind of odd and directionless for a while um and and it's weird because i like it but there's a part of me that's like really really like it's making me appreciate haiti so much more interesting because i i feel like it's so much more fun to like connect to different builds and effects and things in Hades and like all the different powers that you get from the different gods and all of that and so many different directions that you can kind of go in that and have 
fun on a run with 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 Hades. Um, whereas in Returnal, it's just it's sort of it's sort of like preparing for the objective. Like a lot of those things just don't like you're talking about like the parasites. Mm-hmm. Like the give and take of the parasites just isn't that interesting to me. Like mm. the guns aren't like I'm just gonna go for a gun that shoots fast, and mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about a lot of the other augments. Like I've, now I've seen like one augment that I'm like, oh okay, I like that, but it, like I'm not like do or die on it. Yeah. But it you know in Hades like I could pick up any weapon and like okay this is weird but I kind of like it, whereas in in Return of like I don't want the pistol. Yeah. I usually don't want the shotgun. Like, it yeah. doesn't do a whole lot for me. So I, I agree uh, and disagree. And so the, the points that I agree with you on, I, 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 think, I think the weapon selection is maybe my absolute biggest criticism with Returnal, where it's not that I think there is only one good gun. I, I, there are multiple guns that I feel like I can be somewhat effective on, but I always come back to the carbine. Uh, every single time, like it, it is, it is when I have a good carbine, I feel like maybe it's not necessarily the best in all areas, but it's so well-rounded right. that it's like, I'm going to choose this every time if I can. And I, I, I hate that because going back to what you were saying with Hades, um, you know, there might be weapons that I would gravitate to in, to, to in Hades, but I felt like you could use all of them. And they, they, they I, I felt that variance a little bit more and so and then just like how valuable the stackable effects were and like yeah. just how they change combat yeah. right right whereas here I, I just it's sort of like is this the type of gun that i want whatever bonuses it has like what whatever like it just right. doesn't like it, it it's not that they don't help but it's not really a decision that you're making like it's just part of the package right like the alt fires like oh I, you know i like the specific type of alt fire yeah but I'm not going to pick not, up the shotgun for it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I, I do think that's a problem. I also agree on the parasites. The I like the parasites as an idea, but I feel like the way that I am thinking about them is way too binary, where it's like the... Because what parasites are, for those who don't know, are these little creatures that you can pick up that attach to you, and it will give you something good and something bad. The problem is I find that it always falls into like one of two categories where the bad part just does not matter. Like the good right. part is really, really good. <laughs> right. And the bad part is like, well, I don't care. That, that, that means nothing. Yeah, coins disappear one second yes, slower or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're like, that just doesn't matter. Like it, not in a, in, a, in a huge way or like. The bad part is so bad, and the good part isn't good enough that you're like, yeah, I'm never going to pick that up. Like, why would I ever the do I, that? The one I hate is the acid pools. Oh, that one I don't mind. Oh, you don't mind that? No. Well, some yeah. people like to punish themselves, right? It's like a, it's like a pseudo hard mode, you know? Like, sure. It's just like ah, oh, yes. But Maybe I'm just not side, at that point make with every step like kill the, me. the I, idea of I, making I it harder. I never get to that the point. malfunctions a lot more. Yes. So that was going to be my my counter. Is I think malfunctions kind of accomplish what I want um, parasites to, to accomplish where you can get a positive effect, but there's a chance that you will get something bad. And the things that can happen to you can be crippling. Like, you can be awful. 
Um, or you can spend this resource that carries over between runs called ether to cleanse the things. And there have been times where I'm like, oh, I want this, I'm going to cleanse it, and then wish I would have had that ether, you know, in the next biome. And so that has definitely come into play. But you know what really, <laughs> really it works with the runs that I've like felt very in sync with um, is you'll sometimes there's an artifact that will increase your health every time you either gain a malfunction or cleanse a malfunction. Mm. So then you're just looking to get malfunctions. Right. It's, like, it's just like, oh, my health's bigger. Oh, my health's bigger. Oh, right. my health's bigger. It's like, because that's so, so valuable. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you get the the little cores. That's another thing that's it's been interesting to me is like some runs, like I'll get cores just, just like throwing them at me like candy. And other mm-hmm. like, I just don't see them. Yeah. So it's interesting how they, they kind of spread them out like that in, in different varieties. Um, I remember Hades being like that. I remember some runs of Hades. I was like, this is exactly what I want. Like, right. please, what button can I hit to just get this you know, <laughs> whole setup? Um, uh, but the other thing of malfunctions is you, you all can clear them by doing like challenges. Mm-hmm. And so I think that sort of plays in it as well. Some of the challenges are like open containers. That's okay. Okay, that's strange, but okay, whatever. Uh, but others, sometimes it's like, oh man, I've got to get melee kills and this is a tough area to do that in yes. there's a lot of flying yeah they have they have like that consumable where it's like you restore health with melee kills and then you're like well nothing i'm fighting like really lends itself to a melee right. kill yeah it's it's really annoying um but to to kind of go back to the hades hades comparison i think why the like oh man it makes me appreciate hades some more doesn't quite register with me in the same way oh, not that hades isn't brilliant it is but um i feel like Returnal has kind of this raw dexterity element to it where, like, in Hades, sometimes I would be frustrated by, like, just not getting a good god for this one particular thing or just, like, having the build not synergize. And although I wish there was kind of more variety in Returnal at the same time, I feel like I can just kind of go and the thing that is primarily propelling me forward is how well I shoot and how well I dodge, right? There's kind of this nice mm-hmm. nice simplicity to it that I think is is a benefit of not being so build dependent, um, which is really, really nice. And something that, that Huber said that he was really frustrated about is he was like, I, I feel like this game doesn't really throw you a bone in terms of run to run, where when you lose, you really are not carrying that much over. And I thought about it, and that's not really true, because once you kind of get through the the biomes, you can get back to where you were, right. like, almost immediately because you have uh, new equipment or a new pathway has opened up. And it's like, you can kind of clear out the previous biomes, again, if you want to, but you can also get back pretty quickly. And so there does feel like there's this sense of progression, at least on some level. Yeah, for sure. And... And I think once you, once you clear that that boss in that act one, like th- that's when like the story takes a turn. Like, oh, how? What? Uh, hello. <laughs> that's so interesting because the way that the story was kind of setting itself up, I thought that I was close to the end, and I was hoping like, oh, I'll like wrap this up before game of the year. Like, okay. yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, I might have spoiled that for you, but no. yeah, because I've always had the same thing. It's like this is the end, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, because it feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not even close, huh? Uh, yeah, I've, I'm barely past that point. Okay. I don't know how much I further there is to go. Close, yeah. Damn. Okay. Um, Brandon, uh, you mm. really haven't gotten a chance to to chime in, but what have been your thoughts on Returnal? I I dig what you were saying. Yeah, I'm not. I I am. It doesn't really have anything to do with the strategy, particularly in this one game, but like I'm such a sucker for the weapons that I love. And so, mm-hmm. like, I don't looking ahead at like the stuff I've gotten so far, I don't see myself really, oh, let me try this. It's like, oh, no, this game is tough. I'm really cozy with this one type of weapon. The one thing I think is interesting in terms of difficulty um, in all of the, I love getting outclassed for goatee games. It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I'm like, hey, have you played this one that you can't finish? I'm like, cool. I'm sure, like, can't wait to offer my opinion. The difficulty reminds me actually a lot more of like Guitar Hero because it's like it's like you were saying where you'll come back to something or something suddenly won't be as hard or you'll be able to breeze past something or you know you get different uh, tools to finish it. And with Guitar Hero, and I remember Rock Band, I would finish some tracks and be like, I'm not quite sure what I did better there. Like mm-hmm. I just I don't know if it was me being more focused on the combat because I think I can get kind of outclassed in Returnal by being like. All right, I know what, how I need to strategize. I know what I'm bad at, and f- I get so focused on it that something else is in my periphery and like takes me out. Whereas if I just get comfortable, like I'll, I'll get past a challenge that wasn't that tricky before. So it's just yeah. it's like the it's like skill versus comfort, and it's interesting because it just can be a very hairy game. There's just a lot of things to dodge, a lot of stuff going on. It, it's interesting because uh, the times where Returnal feels the most difficult to me is. When you're encounter, when you just don't know what an enemy is gonna do, right? Like uh, I think, like in the first biome, you have like kind of those those like st- flying stingray looking enemies, and it's like okay, you learn very quickly, like don't let them charge at you, like they will <laughs> yeah. zip at you and they can track you pretty well, and so. Before you have that information, yeah. you kind of have this point where you're like, oh, oh god, oh god, what does this do? Or like, how does this turret fire in this way? And I think that's that's the interesting thing about Returnal is. It can when you don't have that information, you're like, oh no, this game is going to be like such a ball breaker. But it's as soon as you figure out how to dismantle everything, you're like, okay, this actually is not that bad. But when you go into a new biome, I feel like you you have to climb that mountain kind of all over again. Yeah, uh, which is which is really interesting. Um, and Brandon, I'm curious, has the 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 way the game fires right where you half press it down to normal shoot and then full press it down for mm-hmm. like your all fire. Has that been an issue for you at all? Uh, no, again, because I haven't been like cycling through the arsenal that okay. much. So like I, I just got pretty cozy. Um, it's not, I generally gravitate more toward action games that have more of a variety in terms of like, you know, projectile to melee stuff. And like we were saying, melee is not like a huge component mm-hmm. of this. Um, and so, uh, wouldn't necessarily say it's repetitive because I also said like I played a lot of Guardians and that combat is very repetitive. Um, but um, I'm just yeah I'm settling in kind of like Hades too. It's like I, I settled into one weapon because I'm like this is this is not a game I'm going to get good at very quick. And so yeah. let me just get cozy with one thing and then I can, you know, um, I won't be able to join that part of the goatee discussion where everybody talks about all their favorite. Well, I tried this weapon for an hour and this one yeah. for an hour. That won't be me. Um, I really love the house blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's in the first biome, and you you go into it, and uh, the storytelling in this game. I feel like I had a very similar opinion of the storytelling as I did the gameplay, where 
playing it initially, I'm like, I have no idea what is going on. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm translating this alien language. I'm reading these tablets. I'm seeing kind of like these holograms. I go into this house. Like, what is going on? It felt like, it felt like opaque to a frustrating degree. But the, it, what I love is the more that I spend time with it, and you can obviously speak to this more because you've seen more of the story, but I, I've gotten to this point where I'm like, I think I have an idea what's going on and I could be completely wrong, but I love that I feel like there is room for interpretation. There's room for guessing. Yeah. Um, just through familiarity. Yeah, I'm not sure how much that's going to hold up as we get further into it. Sure. But uh, yeah, it, definitely in the early stages, just there, there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. You know, you go through ship's logs and then you find this note and like, Ooh, that doesn't. That feels out of place. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, mean, yeah. I think the game... It feels, and that's like a breadcrumb. Like, there, there's, there's more here than, than it seems. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the game uses the structure of repeating so well uh, in terms of the storytelling because, like, there are audio logs that you pick up from different versions of yourself, like different runs that, that Celine has been on. And you'll listen to, you know, several of these audio logs and she'll sound like as you know her, but then you'll get an audio log and she sounds batshit insane, right? Like she just is taking on a completely different tone and you're like, wait a minute, what is going on? And it's it's kind of, play the repetition is kind of playing with your perception of things and then you, like, you go into the house and it's like, oh, like I can go into a new room in the house mm -hmm. and this is introducing me into a, a whole different aspect of, uh, well, maybe not an entirely different aspect of her life, but I just, again, feel like it's playing with your perceptions all over again. Yeah. It's fun so. playing Returnal after having just played Mass Effect for the first time, because that also deals, I've had a female protagonist during my run through of Mass Effect, yeah. and that deals a lot with understanding alien language and cycles and repetition and, you know, how big is the world? How big can something that you can communicate with be? How much power can it have? Yeah. How long can it live? Yeah. Mm, good stuff. Sci-fi's fun. Yes, it is fun. <laughs> I, I do think, like, I'm just kind of a sucker for sci-fi, so I think that that is part of what yeah. the appeal is. But um, it, as I was playing last night, um, I sort of had this feeling, Blood, where I'm like, I'm kind of getting sick of seeing these three areas. Right. Um, and maybe once I get through this boss, that will alleviate itself. But that was almost immediately counterbalanced by, like, I love how much fun I'm having shooting things at all times. Like even the most basic enemy, mm. I feel like there's a really good sense of just feedback. I think a lot of that comes through the controller. I think Returnal is a is a great example of what the dual sense can do well. Uh, but like I I'll die in Returnal and then I'll have that moment of frustration, right? Where I'm like uh, I should probably wrap it up. And then it's like, oh, no, like, let's just run around a little bit. And then before I know it, like, I'm committing to another run. Right. You know, and I think that that is such a good sign of, of like, strong uh, fundamental gameplay. What What's crazy to me, uh, and I mentioned this the other day, is just the idea that they had to patch in the suspend mode. Yeah, because a run can go so long. Yeah, and it's just like just coming to this game now, and, and you know, I, I, and trying to play it in that mindset of like I might not have been able to pause here. 
Yeah. And go get right. groceries or go get dinner or whatever. It's just like, I don't, I don't understand why this was not a feature from the start. Because, because yeah, a run can go for a very long time. It's not like you just get to the end of the game in an yeah. hour. Um, it's it's one of those things where you're like, how did no one? like fight for this like it just seems so obvious like i I just don't understand how you can come up with like this super elaborate storyline this entire world right these intricate gameplay mechanics and you're not like maybe they maybe they're gonna turn this off in the middle of a run you know like i I just don't know um i remember all the complaints happening about demon souls from like sony at the time they were just like people gonna like this and it's like we we think so it's like there's like this is this is pretty brutal (laughs) yeah Blood, how, how brutal is too brutal? It's definitely Returnal is definitely a game that I feel pretty hot on, and I think in you know returning to it, I, I I've had an increased appreciation for it. Is this one that you think stands toe to toe with some of the, the the best games of the year? Uh personally, no. At least not where I've been, and you know, and it's hard because it's like, well, I don't know how much more mm-hmm. they do story wise, but like I was. Like I was saying, just like even comparison to something like Hades, which I know is not this year. Like I just feel like, man, that game did this stuff a lot better. Even though I like appreciate what Returnal is doing, like just even the fact that Housemark took their strengths and they're like, okay, people aren't playing these kind of games anymore. Let's take the stuff we know and put it into a whole different context and make something that that works and and will be interesting again. Um, and so I really appreciate that in terms of like the sort of bullet hell style shooting um, that you know you don't really get out of a lot of games mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It it it's like I enjoy it, and I I'm going to keep you know uh, picking my way at it. Uh, you know, probably after we have our debates and everything. But it's just it's not really like grabbing me on that like upper upper echelon of stuff that I've I've played this year. Gotcha. You know, well, we talked, you know, like when we talked about like Ratchet and Clank earlier, mm-hmm. you know, it's like mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of comparable in that way. It's like this is really good. Yeah, yeah I might even put Ratchet and Clank a little higher than it, honestly. Man, that's that's so interesting because I feel like I have kind of the inverse reaction where um I have not finished Ratchet and Clank yet and I was really enjoying it. I have a lot of great things to say about it. But when it comes to game of the year, like not being done with Ratchet and Clank isn't going to eat away right. at me. But Whereas, that's what I like, mean. It's like I feel like that about Ratchet and Clank, and I also feel that way about Returnal. Well, know? that's yeah. that, the 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 biggest game that I'm gonna it, like it, it. And based on what you're saying, it sounds like I'm not going to be able to finish it by Goaty. But if I'm not able to finish Returnal by game of the year, I'm. I'm going to be pissed. Like that's <laughs> just because I enjoy playing it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's just like, I love those super crazy dexterity driven games. I don't know what it is, that feeling of finally defeating a boss, but uh, yeah, I, it's going to drive me nuts. might be a late night. We'll see. Uh, Brandon, I, we've talked about this uh, several times on frame trap, but I wanted to, Put it on the list because I wanted to get your perspective on it. I wish I could get Isla on here to talk about her perspective too. Because I, I, it's one of those times where I'm like, I'm not sure how this ally is going to like this game. Yeah. Uh, and you've been playing Shimigami Tensei 5. Yes. 
I brought two games with me to Florida. Florida is where my in-laws live. Uh, my two, my two and a half year old had never been to Florida. He'd met his in-laws and spent lots of time with them, but had not been to their house. Nice. So I'm like, all right, this kid's gonna be running around. I'm gonna have to bring, you know, all his stuff. So I'll only bring my PlayStation Five and my Switch. And then I'm like in bed packing, and I'm just like, why am I, why am I gonna try to bring a PlayStation Five on the plane? What bag no. am I gonna bring it in? The PlayStation Five with is, with is a stroller and a two year old and all that. So I was like, all right, Switch. It's you <laughs> and me. What do you got? And Metroid Dread and Shin Megami Tensei Five really like bubbled to the surface, mm. and I was like, I really want to jump into Metroid uh, Dread, and I didn't finish Metroid Dread, but I actually played a lot of Super Metroid because I enjoyed my time with Metroid Dread so much, yeah. and I just hit a wall where I'm like, I'm gonna have to spend a lot of time searching, and I don't know if that's really good goatee search right now. I think mm-hmm. I'd rather start a new game. Uh, and I had started Shin Megami Tensei Five, run around, and I was like, okay, that intro was, you know, I like, got my headphones on, and my father-in-law was like, what are you looking at? And I'm like. Don't know if I can explain this to you right now. Um, <laughs> I'm in a tunnel. There's a lot of dust. Hold on. Let me get back to you. The end of Tokyo. Shiny dust. I wonder where the dust is shiny. Oh, they explained it. Cool. Um, and uh, Ben, I was like, I was really sad about Metroid because I'm like, God, I really want to just blow this game away and come in. Having fought that final boss, really like getting into the story, finish a Metroid Dread, finish a Metroid game, finally. And then Shin Megami Tensei is like, welcome to the rest of your vacation. This is all you're going to want to play. And I think mm-hmm. at one point I came back, I messaged you in Slack like the next day. I'm like, I tried it again, but that, you know, or maybe try to go back. Something about the map in Metroid Dread is just hard. Going back and forth between the real world and the map just is too slow for my brain because I'm not that used to it. But SMT5 clicked with me so fast. Mm. And I am just coasting through that game. Not because it's not tough. Like, I've definitely had to reload save files. Yeah. There's definitely been times like, what's in this tunnel? Death. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, And I love that. Um, but I mean, I am just, I thought that game was going to be so abrasive. I thought it was going to be confusing. I thought the, it's one of the reasons I've been afeared of the Xenoblade Chronicles series is I'm like, is this too much in terms of like, am I going to just be burnt? Like, wow, these battles just take so long. And I was a little scared because Persona, I kind of got, you know, I just finished Breath of the Wild and I'm like, man, how many hours? I'm like, (laughs) and it just, I didn't, Persona 5 just didn't click. And I think Ben, the number one thing that I'm just like, why I've played so many role-playing games. Why doesn't every role-playing game do this? But I can't, for people who have not checked out this franchise, but love turn-based role-playing games, I can't tell you how fun it is to have, like, an enemy be like, yo. Yeah. Like, what? What? Yo. (laughs) I didn't even ask to talk to you. What do you want? And it's just like, I noticed you're coming in to my turf. Yeah. Killing my friends. If you give me money, I'll do that. Or if I join your team or whatever. And just like, no, I'm going to kill it. Fine, we'll fight then. Like, what was that about? You know, like (laughs) so many fun, silly surprises that I thought were just going to be like, oh, that that's neat. And it, it, boy, it sure shakes up what could be an otherwise really repetitive experience. Mm -hmm. It's just like, man, you just gave a lot of lore to this weird little waterfall area. Like, Mm -hmm. whoa, you made this little freeway overpass really special because I remember, you know, like. It's like, oh, I finished that quest. Where do I turn that in? Oh, yeah, it's that little yellow guy that hangs up by that post. Like, it looks like such a escape from New York, like, weird, desolate, buckaroo, bonsai-looking just, like, wasteland. But, like, it was a surprise after three, four, five hours. I'm like, I'm still running around this first area yeah. just trying to get all my demons. Once I discovered fusing, it was like, well, where does my old demons go? Oh, I got to get other – oh, no. <laughs> you know, like, I want to fuse all these things. I want to know, you know, what all these different types are. And it, it it feels like it factors directly into the same Pokemon obsession of just like, I want to mm-hmm. get these things. It's fun to get them and find them. But once I have them, 
that's kind of where the fun stops for me with Pokemon. Yeah. I just want to get more things or le- like level them up, but it's like it's I have such distinct tastes in terms of like what I want in my party and why. I love that they talk when you level them up. Yeah, hey, I leveled up. Yeah, hey, I got this cool new thing. Like, <laughs> hey, you're not too bad. Here's an item. Like yeah. it's 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 um I wish poke I wish Pokemon did half of what they're doing in this game just in terms of like, oh, I'm I'm still going on the fight with them. I didn't just put them into a computer. And then just turn them into ones and zeros, killing them? Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's it's uh, yeah. I have a lot of questions about this world, but it to me, Pokemon, it sometimes feels like a horror show. It feels like a weird apocalypse where everyone's obsessed with this thing, and mm-hmm. nobody, you know, the villains are so stupid and transparent and clownish. And um, get into this world, and it's like, oh no, the absurdity totally makes sense. You know, like there was one early quest where it's like these people follow me. I'm like, that's a little weird. And then like, some other lady's like, you should kill her. And I'm like, well, that's also weird. Mm-hmm. And the game's like, make a decision. And it's like, well, the, both of these are horrible. What? You know what I'm like? <laughs> so I'm making these calls being like, I don't normally make decisions like this. I wa- watched trailers when it was first came out. And I'm like, this game looks like a bunch of sand and a bunch of weird evil jerks like why yeah. do i want to play and this? that's correct <laughs> and then you yeah. reviewed it and you were like it's one of the hardest games i've ever played and i'm like why am i still attracted to this game yeah and admittedly ben i have not I've, i'm creep i'm in the teens I'm, i think i played for like 16 18 hours yeah and i'm not super far but i don't care at all like yeah. i'm once i find a new enemy type it's oh well here's the next hour of this game is me learning what does this thing do do i want it in my party what can i fuse it with like um it's like when you fuse things and he gets the keyboard out and he's rocking and I just like oh I, my god I just like the move this I just move amazing. the switch over to Amanda and Amanda's like what and the, the, the yeah. giant like oh, large breasted so statue <laughs> comes out and Amanda's like what's happening right now I'm like wouldn't you like to know <laughs> you know it's like it's so weird and so cool mm-hmm. I, I guess like the flip side to that Ben the only negative thing I can say is uh, it's hard which is just fine you yeah. know but like. You can kind of grind through it in the way that, like, I felt I could grind through Dark Souls and Bloodborne, not Sekiro. But those two, I, I definitely felt like, okay, I'm not, I'm not flying through this game, but I feel like I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is that I'm, I don't care too much. Like, you, you bump into some old friends and stuff, and like they're tying things back to the old world, and it's like, okay, like I don't feel a real need to save the world that these characters came from, or really get to the bottom of stuff. Yeah, you know, eighteen, twenty hours. You know, yeah, it's like, no, but it hasn't, it hasn't, you know. I, maybe I love apocalypses too much, but I, I haven't fallen in love with the world because everybody's so standoffish in a fun way. Like when Alice first got to Wonderland, you know, like everybody, all of you are crazy. That that reaction <laughs> I, I think is actually different than what you think it is because if you like don't care, yeah, uh, you can make choices where you can be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, fuck you guys. It like, seems <laughs> like the world does, yeah, react, yeah. and it just and it it the game just winks at you in such a fun way. Like I love the little. Uh, like moon-shaped dudes who just pop up in the back and they're like, hi! And it's just like, who are you? And then they escape and it's like, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's so many neat, weird layers to it and the way, like, all of them interact with you. Having this voice with you the whole time, having him be kind of mean and then you meet a character that's nice and he's like, I don't trust her. It's like, well, I don't trust you. Be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's just a lot of not clear decisions and moral quandaries and... uh, I just was like, neat, a cozy RPG I can play through. And then I'm like, I love all of these people. Yeah. I'd be like, I like this guy. And man, it's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but he's cool. <laughs> and I want him in my party. Um, this was something that I tried to touch on in the review, but um, it is so refreshing to have characters that aren't like designated to be bad guys, right? Like, like just normal side quest givers or, or random Nevens that you run into. 
like so many JRPGs, it's like everyone needs help and you're the one to solve their problems. Whereas here, it's like they're going to try to manipulate you and yeah. cheat you. And like I, I love just this this chance of running into dirt bags. It just I think it makes the world feel and sometimes uh, you so don't care about real. being manipulated. Sometimes yeah. I'll go talk to people and I'm like, hit me with your best shot. Yeah. I don't care, you know. And the nice flip side of that is sometimes I'm like, okay, I'll give you this. Okay, this. Okay, okay, hurt me. Okay, take. Keep, okay. keep oh, going. They keep okay. going. Yeah. Okay, you're in. <laughs> yeah. And then other times they're just like, eh, I like your face. Mm-hmm. Fine, I'll be in your party. Like, oh, cool, thanks. Um, it's just a yeah, it's just a very rewarding platforming's okay. There's a lot of places it looks like I can go. I'm like getting used to the kind of the language of where I can go. Running is fantastic. There, yeah. Like there are times where I could have fast traveled somewhere, and I was just like, wee. I just like running around this world. It's neat. A little tough and handheld with the camera and everything, but um, uh, fun world to to run around. The restrictions surprised me a little bit on how many demons you can have. It took a while for that to really open up. You know, like yeah, I guess because you got to sacrifice they just vanish a lot. You know, and yeah. Well, no, I mean the the what you spend your glory on, like you can you can increase the number of demons you can carry. But that but if you do still that still levels, you know, it's you can't just keep doing that. It like I gotta, right. I'll go back and oh, you have a new one, okay, right. or you gave me the ability right. to do that again because it's just love getting a whole party full of crazy dudes. Um, you you mentioned the the grinding and something that I appreciate about it because they're grinding so much is it's not really about like just outstatting the enemy through numbers. It's like grinding to get the tool that you need yeah. to overcome. The, the thing, right? Or like, you finally get a guy, and, and they they ha- they bring some you know element that you didn't have before, literal element, like literally lightning or fire or whatever. And you're like, oh, that spell's really great, and oh, that person hates that spell. I'm you're cool. I'll keep you because you have that spell. And then you get a new person. You're cool because you have a umbrella, and that's neat. And then like five levels later, that umbrella guy gets fire spell, and you're like, oh, bye, fire guy. <laughs> neat. <laughs> you know, it's like I know what that spell is. And it's not like a Final Fantasy thing where it's like, oh, neat, ice. Like, there's just a lot of weird abilities they have where it's like, yeah. what does this do? Like, oh, that's cool. You know, it's – it's Ben, I love to coast through RPGs. It really takes a lot for me to slow down and be mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. let me not just, you know, blow past this. Let me really understand, like, what's powerful, what works, you know. Um, if I'm going into a big boss fight, like, how I can prep myself to know, like, I got my bases covered. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's – I <laughs> – it's a funny game, Ben, because when I first I, I wanted to get into it because the same reason I want to get Yakuza is the same reason I want to play Life is Strange. I enjoy playing things that people that are close to me also enjoy a lot. And your praise of this franchise, and especially your praise of this game when it first came out. But it's almost like every time I heard something good, I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm going to bounce off this game. Like, yeah. I don't know if it just seems seems depressing. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I don't play a lot of wastelandish games, uh, you know. Um, hooked again there's how much you know time is so fleeting and so it's like i have not really been able to spend as much time because when you feel like you understand a game it's it feels like it's time maybe to sample something else on the goatee uh flight yeah no I, it's I'm, I'm glad to get your perspective because it's like when i praise smt it's like okay, I'm coming at it from the perspective of somebody who already likes it, who already yeah. understands it. And so it's nice to get somebody from the outside to be like, actually, I didn't know how I was going to feel about this, and it's really cool. It's not just a good RPG. It's, it does stuff that it's like, man, I'm going to go back to other RPGs after this and be like, why Absolutely. Right? do yeah. the Absolutely. thing? They're, yes, you know? yes, yes. It. So, I really do feel like it is one of those, like, slightly pushing the genre forward type of, of, of games, which is neat. 
uh, Blood, mm-hmm. a game that I feel like uh, kind of got some some glowing media coverage. Like, yeah. like I saw an IGN review and it gave it like a nine or something, but kind of faded into the background, I feel like, is the Forgotten City, which, correct me if I'm wrong, used to be a mod. Yeah. Right. I think it was, yeah, the Skyrim oh, cool. mod. Um, you can kind of... You can kind of still get that sense of it, the way things are sometimes. <laughs> like, there'll be times where if, if you, like, walk up to somebody, f- you know, from behind and start talking to them, and then you kind of get that, like, slow turnaround, and, like, <laughs> their, uh. <laughs> their face, t- their body shifts towards you before they start talking and that sort of thing. Um, and some other little little bits. So, yeah, I think definitely, like, a small team that probably doesn't have a, a ton of experience. And so, so, like, there's some weird jank and, and stuff here and there. Uh, but it's an interesting game, and I actually played through like, all of it yesterday. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, and it's yeah, it, so it's another time loop thing. Um, but it's hot these days. Yeah, hot. But this is more more narrative, more quest based, more like interpersonal puzzle solving kind mm. of thing. And uh, and. So the, the general setup is is you just kind of wake up on the, the banks of this river. This woman's like, hey, th- there's another guy. He, he went up the hill, and he hasn't come back. Can you go look for him? And you're like, okay. And then you go up to this shrine, and you fall through this hole, and all of a sudden you're in this you know, old Roman city, and there's just a bunch of like golden statues everywhere. Um, and then... Long story short, you get pulled back into time, uh, and you find out that this this city has uh, what's called the golden rule. So if anybody sins, uh, then the gods' wrath will you know turn some of these statues to life, and and they'll turn the people into to golden statues. So all the golden statues you see were once. People. Wait, 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 wait. So why do the statues turn into? come to life why not because just turn the people gold be- because they use like like bow and arrows that, that yeah shoot bow and arrow see no that's reason enough and then me. that turns that's sort of yeah is getting oh, hit the by the bo- arrow getting hit by the arrow turns you into yeah yeah gold so the way the loop ends so like if like if you so like some of it is like <laughs> the sins are like it's very again the skyrim bones is like oh if you steal out of this chest that's owned by somebody Rather than stealing out the chest that's not owned by somebody, right? Can you put a bucket over their head and then steal? I love the DM (laughs) taking over. Just like, what's the range on this bow? Yeah. Are we talking? But, uh, (laughs) or or if, you know, if you kill somebody or something like that, like, then that's like, okay, now that, like, the the wrath is coming. And so what will happen is the magistrate, he's the one that summoned you. Okay. So he'll run back to to the the summoning temple or whatever, and he'll do the ritual. And then you jump through the portal, and then you start. You basically start the loop over. I see. Okay. So how stringent is this sinning? Right. Like it's, this is the what huge, do you have in mind? This is a huge moral <laughs> point of the game, and it, and it, I don't want to get too deep into it, but it is a very talky game, uh-huh. uh, and and it's one where I usually I usually will let dialogue play out. But this one, there's just so much talking ah, yeah. that I was just like, I'm reading this and then skip and then yeah, reading and then the skip and then reading and like all the time. Um, there's still some conversation, so I would listen to the whole thing. But there's just, there's a lot of talking. But there are sort of the, these questions that come up is like, 
well, why is this a sin and why is this not counted as a sin? And that goes all the way through the full thread of the game of trying to understand what what the heck even is this place? What's happening? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of this sort of like mystery and problem solving and, you know, and and, and there's some people that are missing. And so you, you kind of look for them. Um, there's a there's a funny thing to where there's this farmer who's right there when you come through the portal. And so the first time he's like, where did you come from? And you like, and you go through this whole long conversation. And then as you do more loops, it's really funny because it, it, it does, it's like, it's one of these things where it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I understand it from a gameplay standpoint. So you don't just waste a bunch of time. So a lot of these quests that you've already done, you walk through the door and you're like, Hey dude, I need you to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and just have him set up this whole sequence of events, and then you run off and do the, cool. the next part, the things that you actually want to do, the next nice. things on your list. Uh, so that's really that's really funny, um, but uh, yeah, and it the 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 deeper you get into it, like the more turns it takes, um, and it, and it, and it's sort of it, yeah, and I think part of it too is like you're trying to. Yeah, what you're assigned to do is you're trying to figure out who is going to sin and then stop them, which is also really funny because the way the magistrate wants you to stop them is like, I want you to kill them. And it's like, well, isn't killing them going to be a sin? It's like, no, because I'm the magistrate and that's the law. And so, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So just figuring out all the rules of this and and like learning, because it's again like the, the comparison of Majora's Mask because it's not... It's not a gigantic space that you're in, mm-hmm. uh, but there is more to it than you first see. You know, as you explore more and you get different keys and you figure out, like, okay, how how do I go into this place that you know has an enemy attacking me, but I don't have any weapons because the magistrate made everyone throw their weapons in a canyon. So it was like, how do I get a weapon? You know, mm. and, and so there's just answering some of those questions and. Dealing with people that are, you know, not always trustworthy and all of that. Um, but like I said, there's also sort of like, you know, those those janky kind of uh, sort of. There's one moment where we were. I was. There's this uh, this bar, and a bunch of characters were in the bar because there's. It's weird because some things will be like very quest based and like things won't happen until you walk up to a person and interact with them. And then other things where people will move from like their shops to the bar to their, you know, their individual rooms or whatever. But this guy started having this conversation in the bar and I'm like, where, where's the other person? I hear the other person. I see the subtitles for the other person. Where's the other person? And then I walked upstairs and he was on the floor above. But they were having this conversation <laughs> like they were right next to each other. And they were supposed to be right next to each other. It was just like one of those weird kind of Skyrim-esque pathing things where some guy just wound up upstairs for who knows what reason. <laughs> but he was close enough to trigger their little conversation. Did you I... did you curse Todd Howard's name in that moment? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then there's, yeah, there's, there's kind of things where, you know, certain, you know, you walk by people and like every time you walk by them, they, you know, they repeat uh, the little line of dialogue or whatever. Um, or like you, you're just exploring a house, and somebody's like, "What are you doing over there? Stay out of my money!" And like, I'm, I wasn't gonna take your money, but thanks. 
You mentioned it being very talky, and mm-hmm. the whole setup for the world seems really interesting, but does, do you feel like the, the quality of the writing slash the characters that you're meeting, are is all of that charismatic enough to really justify how much dialogue there is? I go back and forth on it. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like uh, like it's not the best, but it's all right. I and mean, it's enough. There's enough there to where, like I said, like I just you know I just kept going until I I I finished it, and and um, it's got it's got multiple endings, but it's one of those things where it's, well, it's got multiple endings, but actually there's an ending that really you want to get to because if you do one of these other endings, you don't know half the half of what's going on in this oh. game. So. Um, I, I would like to do a callback to you talking about God of War at the beginning of this frame trap. Uh-huh. Having just played through the Grand Theft Auto trilogy uh-huh. on the PlayStation 5, uh-huh. for better and for worse, there were a lot of moments where I'd replay a cutscene or something and I would like drive to the place and somebody would be like, let me tell you this story. Oh, we're here. And I'm like, well, that was maybe written poorly. I don't know. Is that <laughs> bad writing that you didn't realize that it could take me 26 seconds I feel like to that's get... A- Common from here game to there, right. right? Well, I think that was a common game problem in the PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three era. Yeah. And again, playing games like Last of Us Uncharted, like like you know, games that really prioritize like a very slow burn uh, gameplay. God of War, it so rarely happened where it would be like, "Hold on a second, boy. Okay, let me pick up right where I left off." Anyway, when your mother died, blah blah blah. It was like that was awkward. Like, yeah. they just seemed so well suited. To that area, and I think that's like, which is one of the things that really excels about the dialogue in that, which feels like you're like, okay, I'm standing in place, and you've been right. going on for four minutes. <laughs> well, the, the this interesting... isn't working in the way I think maybe you want it to, or the way it should. I don't know. The interesting thing about God of War is like it does happen sometimes where you'll, you'll be talking to Atreus, and it's like, oh, we're doing this now, but it it'll be like, oh, we're in a boat and we're talking, and it's just like, oh, we just reached right to like yeah. it kind of feels like. Smoother than most. Right. right. It, it, not it would, perfect, but aware of itself in yeah. a way that not a lot of games do. It feels like the awkwardness is almost contextualized by the yeah. world itself. Yeah. Um, Continue, Blood. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and, and too, like a lot of the stuff is, you know, somewhat optional, um, but, you know, going through some of those options will sometimes clue you in onto something else, some other, you know, part of the mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting how it, it can be pretty organic because it's like, yes, you know, you go straight from the farmer to the, the magistrate and then he tells you, you know, this quest. But then depending on who you end up talking to, you know, you can go down this thread or you go down that thread and you, you, you kind of like feel your way through However you want. It doesn't feel like a you know, strictly linear experience. Yeah. It, it It's one of those games that sounds like it, it's kind of interesting, but I don't know that it sounds so interesting that I would prioritize it above other things. Right. Uh, like The nice thing, though, is, you know, like I said, it's, you know, it's a weekend game. You right. Know, like, I, I got all four innings in, like, nine hours or something like that, so... Always a plus. And I think because of how much mystery and philosophizing and, you know, and puzzle solving and stuff there is, I think it is something like you don't want to, like, play this one weekend and then come back to it a week later and, like, what was I doing? Like, <laughs> oh, it, is, it is better to, just, like, try to, like, plan it out so that you, you get two or three nights and, and you get through it. Speaking of getting through things, it is time to get through this hotake. Woo! Uh... Ooh, that was a good reaction, blood. It was a good. It was a good. Woo! It was a nice, nice pitch to that. 
Uh, this is inspired by God of War on PC because I'm sitting there playing God of War. It's looking great on my computer. I'm playing it with an Xbox controller, which I get a kick out of. It's just the little things. And I, I naturally came to this question where I was like, we're getting major first-party games on PC. Obviously, God of War and and it, and other Sony games coming much, much later than their original release. Uh, but there, there are so many big first-party games coming to PC from both Microsoft and Sony. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, this God of War is at the top of the Steam charts right now. This has to be sending a good message. Yeah. yeah. Does it? Does it matter as much? having a console as it did before. Like, I can't imagine Sony taking this approach or or even Microsoft taking this approach uh, in previous generations, not counting Xbox One, of course. You, you get what I'm trying Games to say. Games for Windows Live. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- even that is different, right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very That's different beast. Failure, yeah, yeah, it's a very different beast. But I'm just saying, like, I I don't know. Like, do, do you feel that this has affected the console landscape in a way? Has it devalued having a console if you know that later on you're just going to be, or maybe even day of, you're going to be able to play these things on PC right away? I think if you're, I think the three degrees are Xbox is getting less and less important. Microsoft's like, just do whatever you want. Please, please give us as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. We will make this experience as easy as it can be for all of you. Uh, Sony's like, well, you know, there are rules, but yeah, we're kind of slowly in that direction. And Nintendo's uh-huh. like, consoles are the most important thing ever. Peripherals, also very important. <laughs> you, have, you should buy Ring Fit Adventure. You could buy, buy all this other stuff. So it's, yeah, those are like the three degrees to me. Like yeah. Nintendo and Xbox are like a total opposites where Sony's kind of somewhere in the middle. Like Sony's waited long enough that they're really cashing in on that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think they they kind of like Mario Kart 9. They were like, the longer we wait, the more of a payday we're going to get when we finally do put these these exclusive games. And there's right. still some they haven't, you know, that are totally going to come to PlayStation or totally going to come to PC someday and do really well. But, but you have to follow the money, right? I mean, there's there's heavily circulated rumors that Sony's going to come out with a Game Pass competitor, right? And... I'm sure they're paying close attention to PC sales of these kind of right. flagship games, right? Like, eventually, does it get to a point where it's like, well, like, why, why not? Why not lean into PC even more? Yeah, I think... Keep them guessing. Yeah, I, I think it's becoming more and more clear that, like, the PC market is... It's just a different market. You, mm-hmm. you know, like, there are people like us that will have... A PC and a console, but a lot of people are going to pick and choose, you know, or like even if they have a big PC, like they're going to have a console in the living room and they would, you know, rather, you know, not sit in a desk chair all day. They would go out and sit on the couch and and that kind of thing. Um, I think, I mean, you know, with my case, (laughs) the point is like, you know, my my PC has been in the shop and having all these troubles and stuff and just trying to figure out what, what part is failing. Yeah. You know, and you look at, you know, the price of a console is even as is high dollar and as um, hard to find as they are. Mm-hmm. You you can't get you can't get close to building a PC that matches those specs. Right. That has that kind of hard drive in it. That has you know 
you know, ray tracing options and all of that. It just, it's just, it's not going to happen. You know, your your graphics card is probably going to cost you more. Mm-hmm. There is a bit of mystique with the next generation, though, that I wonder if has been quelled a bit because, like. We're a bunch of doofuses every gen, at least the gens that I've done with all of you doofuses, where we just like open up a box and we're like, what is this? You know, and it's like companies are expecting people to spend hundreds of dollars on this. And like, it's not really until we plug the thing in do we know, like, what is an Xbox Series X? What is a PlayStation Mm -hmm. 5? And I and I, a, a lot of consumers right now are kind of being forced to not deal with any of that. You know, they're like, here I am over a year into this gen, and, like, I don't own, and as days go by, I'm questioning whether I really want a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X, because mm-hmm. I'm playing a lot of really amazing games on my PC. Mm-hmm. I still have my Switch. I'm okay. It sucks, because, you know, these games look really fun, and I do want it, and I wonder, like, as those months go by, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years from now, when, like, oh, here we, here's the PlayStation 6, here's the Xbox, wiggity-woggity, whatever, um... And then you have these kids growing up now that are like, well, now that I'm like out of college and have my own budget, you kind of trained me not to need this that bad. You know, like I think I'm going to might upgrade my PC or something or like take a more step by step approach than really put all my eggs in this basket of like, I got to get this one system. Yeah. Otherwise, I can't play, you know, Returnal. And it's like, well, it's fine. It's okay. You know, like I'll, I'll, I have so many other things that I can check out. What did you repost? 550 shows came out last year or oh, something, original IPs or yeah. whatever. It's just insane how much awesome entertainment there is and so it's like i wonder if i wonder if you know spencer and xbox crew and the the sony crew are kind of scared that they're like "Uh uh-oh did we just tell consumers that they can live without you know this thing that we really want people not to live without yeah but that's that's i think you're touching on something that that is so fascinating with the the ease of accessibility with um gaming in general and how like pliable it is because back in the day it was like you want to play this Sony game, you have to go, you have to get this thing, you have to buy a disc, right? Whereas now, like, not only are things coming into PC, which is kind of the focus of this discussion, but then you have subscription services, you have game streaming, you have, like, on Amazon, you can just, like, get free games. They're like, here you go, you have a Twitch Prime, here's some free games, right? Like, it's just, like, the, the, you could play games on your phone, right? And so... Because there are so many entry points to play something, I'm I'm wondering if that like big exclusivity is mattering less and less. And like I'm just spitballing here, but I have to imagine from Sony's perspective where it's like, okay, let's say things are selling really, really well. We're building up this audience on PC, you know, when the the sequel to this thing comes out, do we shorten that window? Uh, that we release it on PC. Sure. I mean, that seems logical, right? Just right. hypothetically. Right. But I, I think in, you know, I mean, case in point, God of War, like, I think a lot of those sales are, are double dipping. Oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, there's yeah. a lot of people yeah. there that haven't had access, but there's a lot of people that, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that again. I want to see it at max specs. Yeah. And that is the other side of this coin that I wanted to bring up because playing God of War on... PC, of course I was going to play God of War Ragnarok, of course I was excited for it, but God of War on PC has, like, kind of put it at the forefront of my mind now, right. where I'm like, oh, God, like, I can't wait for this. Like, it's it's really kind of burned it in there, and it's like, I almost feel like I'm, like, watching an ad, you know what I mean? <laughs> You've been where, played, Ben. Right, right, where it's like, it's like the, the, you're using this release of a game sure, to remind me how much I love this thing, Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's tactical. It's you know, it's feeling. like they're they're moving further down the battlefield, and they know right. we're going to put up these 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 trenches. Yep. you know that we know are they're going to earn. Yeah, yep. so that's why that's it, one of the things. I'm so happy for for Microsoft. I'm so happy that Game Pass has worked out really well because it's mm-hmm. just it's sunshine and rainbows and unicorns all around. It's like it's working out for you. We got a lot. Of, we have more free games than we could ever possibly play. Like hooray! But at the same time, there's not a lot of wiggle room. Like, it would be very drastic and I think severe and like wouldn't play well to the community for them to just be like, well, Game Pass is over. You know, like that didn't work. People are like, wait a minute. Like, we got so used to that and, and Microsoft's kind of known for that. I'd be surprised if Sony goes full on to where Microsoft is. I think maybe they'll just kind of dip their toes and be like, well, you know, yes, this one Steam thing didn't work out. Doesn't mean there's going to be a new PlayStation exclusive on PC every month. Or, or like, yes, Game Pass is working really well, but ours is still going to be very conservative and weird. Just because we we want to wiggle, like we don't want to totally jump into the deep end, and then not be able to move anywhere. We're just like, okay, well now we're stuck with this service. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, the the sales numbers, you know, basically tell it all, right? Because as you're saying, with Xbox, there's pretty much nothing that comes on Xbox that's first party that doesn't also come to PC, right? Like I. Can't think of anything. No, I can only think of the other way around because, like, Age of Empires Four is right. PC or only. Flight Simulator yeah. had a yeah. huge delay, but they're like sure. obviously, like you, you're gonna have to build a completely different thing for the Xbox, right? Right, right. And they're doing record numbers. Yeah. PS Five is doing record numbers, so it's, it's it's not hurting Xbox. Wasn't there wasn't yeah. there a report of how beneficial having two SKUs for this new generation has been for Microsoft? Yeah. So it's. Yeah, it, it, it's really it, it's. They could it, be doing record record numbers. <laughs> well, they can they can't do anything more than what they can produce right this now. So that's where the the real interesting thing is. Like, what is the ceiling? Nobody will ever know. I I just have to, like, with the way technology is moving. I I almost think we're getting to a point where it's it it's not so much about the box that you're playing on. It's like the branding behind what right. you're playing. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah for sure. Where like, well, and the Samsung TVs are this year. They're starting to implement a game hub. Mm. So you just have a Samsung TV, and you'll be able to yeah. boot up a Stadia game on your TV. You don't need to have an extra box. You don't need to have your laptop plugged into it. It's just right on your TV. Right. And I'm sure that eventually xCloud is going to come to TVs like that. And that'll be a whole other group of people playing Xbox games. Right. Like, I, I think um, comparing it to the television streaming side of things, right, where um, I – like, HBO Max came – later than a lot of other streaming services but i'm like oh man i really want hbo max it's got original programming it's got you know dc stuff it's stuff that i want so badly that like when it comes to like oh maybe we need to save some money let's prune some services like i want to keep hbo max because it's got a lot of things you know they was releasing movies day and date with theater in in 2021 and all that stuff i wonder if it's going to get to the point where like for Sony, it's less important that you buy a PS5 and more of that, like, we have sure. the things that you want and you can only get it by paying our subscription service. Like, if that's if we're moving away from console wars and getting into yeah. service wars, basically. Yeah, I don't think we're anywhere near that yet. I'll be curious if we ever but I don't think do. we're that far away you, you know I really you, don't you know what I could see having more of a subscription service and really benefiting from that Ben is like uh, PSVR 2 
Because mm -hmm. it, well, what am I doing if I'm Sony and you own a PlayStation VR 2 and I have a new PlayStation VR game that just came out and I'm like, you gonna buy this? It's like, give it to that person. You know, it's like, get everyone who owns a PlayStation VR 2 playing mm -hmm. every single VR exclusive game you have on this con. Like, right. get them going to Twitter and freaking out, you know, throw VR games at them if you really want that well, platform to gain traction and be successful. Or if you want to yes. be cons considered a leader or a competitive you want Zuckerberg to be like, Sony got another one again. You know, they got Insomniac in their pocket and they can make whatever cool VR games they want. Um, just seems strange that if I'm like, ah, I forked over all this money for the PSVR 2 and the controller and everything, I don't have any money left for games. Well, I, I feel like that proposition works in so many different directions, right? Because let's say if you're somebody that's not that interested in VR, but you're hyper again, this is all just theory, mm -hmm. right? But you're somebody that's paying for like PlayStation Game Pass. Yeah. And they're like, if you have PlayStation Game Pass, you get all these PSVR 2 games free. You're like, well, I'm already paying for this Boom. thing. Maybe I should get this yeah. hardware yeah, or yeah. vice versa. Or it's like, oh, I bought the headset. Maybe I should pay for and, – and it's just like – Because once I you get on the like VR train, you don't getting... want it to stop. Like right. once you get in like, – like Oculus does that well in their store where they're like, oh, just got an Oculus? Want like 50 free games? Go nuts. And there's almost kind of like a playlist that you just naturally go through. Beat Saber, all the – you know, like – um, there's good trials and good, they're very smart at like, you want to have fun and you only have two hours and your friends are over. Like we get it. Um, and so, yeah, that could to easily play into that whole vibe of just like, don't, I don't want the party to stop. I want to go to that water cooler with 12 VR impressions as opposed to like that one cool $60 insomniac game that I can't beat because my brother's borrowing the PSVR two or whatever. I, I think about, um, Xbox live, particularly during the 360 era and how that kind of changed expectations for all online services to follow, right? And, like, mm -hmm. you saw PlayStation Network spin off out of that. Um, you know, you have Nintendo Switch Online. I wonder if we're kind of at that moment now with Game Pass and then whatever Sony introduces where, like, it's going to kind of be this new thing that is as important as the console itself in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah, I I think that's a whole different thing than saying you know whether or not the console will go away because right because sure yeah because like you know the cloud stuff it's still very internet connection dependent which right it they have no control over I, they are not going to be able to improve in many meaningful ways so yeah whether you're playing on the PC or uh, Xbox or PlayStation like you're still going to want a box. You know, there'll be people that don't care and they will play things, you know, right. but there's going to be, you know, a lot of those just high end experiences or yeah. or whatever that you, you're still going to need the box one way or another. Just I'm sorry. Just I, for some reason, I got the image in my head and it made me laugh of the idea of like an Assassin's Creed television. <laughs> it's like the, all the Assassin's Creed games are built into this TV. Like, and it that's, like, that's it even like point. looks like the Assassin's Creed slew, you know, like the little helmet or whatever. Like, it's funny to me. But built-in games. When I say like, oh, it's going to replace the console, I think it's an oversimplified way of of trying to articulate the real point of what I'm saying. Maybe you you made me realize that like not necessarily it's going to make those boxes go away, but those boxes become more of like an option mm -hmm. rather than like the essential thing that you need to experience the game. Right, like right. If you want right. to, because that's how Microsoft is basically doing it now, right? Where it's like. This is an avenue that you can take amongst multiple avenues. I think that seems realistic. It's funny. It's like, what are you playing an Xbox game? What are you playing that Xbox game on? Right. <laughs> like, My phone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're getting there. Interesting. Interesting conversation. Are we ready for some emails? Yeah. Heck yeah. 
Uh, our first email comes in from Brandon. Brandon, Brandon. Um, hello, everyone. As 2022 gets underway and The Last of Us Goaties, and The Last of the Goaties <laughs> get decided. <laughs> wow. Uh, and the talk ramps up being all about the anticipation of what's to come. I'm curious if you all have anything on your radar you're not seeing much talk about across the internet. As the Elden Ring, Horizons, God of Wars, Suicide Squads, etc. are all are getting all the rage, I'm curious about the games you've got a quiet eye mm. on. For me, Replace the Evil West are two... Replaced and Evil West oh, are two that replaced, seem really. Yeah. Replaced and Evil West are two that seem really cool, and I'm not seeing many others hyping up. How about you? Thanks for taking this email. If you do, a belated Happy New Year, and stay easy, fellow allies. Weird West. I was just studying for the podcast, and so I don't <laughs> recall what Evil West is at all. There's too many Wests. There's a lot of Wests out there for sure. Unpacking is like always the one that I just we just want to throw out there in case if that's not on your radar. Unpacking. I haven't heard of that. Like, but they're talking about upcoming. Right? They're talking about new 2022 games. 2022 games, yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's probably coming other consoles. I'm going to look through those lists. That's cheating. Well, that, no, I'm, I have to look through uh, the list. Well, gonna be. no. <laughs> um, yeah, Weird West is soon, which is a bummer because that's like tactical Western, but it just the it's a little too cartoony for me. Um, there's a lot of fun. We just did the Q1 preview. So, like, there's a lot of, and you were on that, Ben. There's a lot of fun. Divinity-ish games, uh, you know, uh, Path of Exile-ish games um, of various. Baldur's Gate three is complexity uh, would be a good one to throw out there, just because like waiting for the full release of that. But if that, yeah, if that's too far away for you. There's there's other games of that ilk that are coming out, and I think are like on PC. I would imagine. Um. I'm trying to think if there's any cool DLC or something coming up. God, I never played that Tsushima DLC. Huber's gonna be so mad. Th- this isn't <laughs> this isn't like a super small game, but I think bears mention is I, I feel like the world has kind of forgot about Gotham Knights. Like it's <laughs> right. not it, when you when you think sure. about like like top anticipate twenty twenty two games. I don't think it comes out in the same way, and I'm really curious to see how that turns out. Yeah, yeah. I, I know some people have been down on it, but I'm I'm still curious about. Forspoken and what the heck that game is. I think Forspoken is a very good pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good picks. See, good picks. see how Forspoken it all. Forspoken seems like a juggler. Seems like one of those games where you're just like, man, it's just fun to knock these enemies around because mm. there's so many things you can build upon, and you know, like I'll do the big spell. Fable kind of reminded me of that, whereas like there was just a really great management between AOEs and single targets. So like I, I wanted a bunch of things to rush at me because then I would like take a second to conjure some big thing and then do another thing on top of that. Mm. I'm like hoping Forspoken is like that. We're just like I light it on fire and then I do a thing, not just because it's the like the line of abilities I have, because it's like also really fun to watch because that game is very pretty. Metal Slug Tactics, yeah, is a good oh one. yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, Project uh, or not Project Triangle Strategy. Triangle, Triangle Strategy is a soon. great pick because yes. I hope I don't do the same thing I did with Bravely Default Two, where I played it for like two hours yeah. and was like, eh. Ben, you've reviewed so many RPGs that I was like following you through time. I'm like, I'm playing the RPG Ben just finished. Yeah, and I just did. Just I don't know how you finish all of these things because I, you know, made about four hours in Bravely Default Two. I know it was Brad did that though, right? I, yeah, I did. That. I have not finished Bravely Default Two, but um, I was just on his coattails, and did I was you, like, you know, sometimes this is, why I, this is why I go through lists. Sometimes, like, even if I don't remember what the crap this game is, there's something that's very enticing about Cursed to Golf. Yeah, I sure. I'm, I want to check that game out. What's the band Some game? Weirdo, crazy where there's like game. the real band that's like actually a band. That's um, oh, uh, the Hyperlight okay team. Okay, something. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that comes yeah. together. 
Our, we are a okay. No, I don't remember. Something, something like that. Yeah, that's like their that, yeah. that's their website, but I don't think it's the name of the game. Yeah. Uh, our next email comes in from Jared. Hello, Ben and allies. So recently, I've been able to play some games over the holidays with my eight-year-old son. He absolutely loves Halo Infinite, and most recently, I introduced him to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. He's still pretty early, but so far, he absolutely loves everything about this game. Mm -hmm. Whether it's seeing him take out an enemy camp, beat a shrine, and just traversing the world, it's so rewarding watching him experience this amazing game. It's also been a great reminder for me how special this game is and how so many things just click when it comes to the open world and exploration. My son picked it up, and it instantly hooked him. Have you had a similar experience where you've introduced a friend or loved one to a game for the first time? Since Breath of the Wild is almost five years old, Jesus. It's almost <laughs> like I'm getting to experience the game again through his eyes and made me remember just how much I love this game. We'd love to hear your thoughts and see what similar examples you might have. Bonus question, do we see Breath of the Wild 2 get released this year? I say yes. I hope so. Um, Go ahead. You just tickled me when you played Bully. When was that, like a six months ago, yeah, eight months ago? Yeah, yeah. I was like, really? I know. I didn't. <laughs> and I didn't really. I mean, I recommended it yeah. all day, every day, but I, I, I didn't Bully know you were going to jump into it. Bully is one I need to get back to. Um, yeah, and maybe happy. Because there's Bully 2 rumors. Like, ah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I had some affinity for Pikmin growing up, but it was really like sitting down and playing those games with my wife that like turned that enthusiasm up to 11. And I, I, I think with her, I was able to appreciate it so much more. Than I did in the past. Um, yeah, I don't have anything that's recent like this, but it, yeah, one of the, one of the things that's interesting is that uh, my wife really, really loves uh, Medal of Honor Frontline. Mm. Yeah, uh, you said that before. It's right. Yeah, she, she's devoured that Great game soundtrack. many times. Yeah, it does have oh. does have a really good soundtrack, and um, and it's it, recently when I got the retro tank and all this stuff. She just she's suddenly like starting to ask me again like we hook up Metal Honor Frontline sometime. It's been years since she's played it, but yeah, she's she's itching to do it again. Uh, Amanda usually will play a game and be like, "That was neat." She put a little more time, not so much with the sequel, but put a little more time in the first Dragon Quest Builders than I was expecting. She like I'd come back and she was still kind of plucking away at that, uh, and we did yeah we played that on PS4. She might have played that on Switch. I can't remember, but. Um, Second one's a little more complex, and the characters were a little weird. You mm. know, like she was just like, "All right, it's a little too much," because um, she is more of a reader than a gamer, and so mm. it, it, it is a rare thing when I can like really hook her into something. So plays Hearthstone every day. Wow! But uh, mm. yeah, I what I, I truly have like no idea what <laughs> right, the hell is going on in Hearthstone. One of those games, like one of my biggest gaming obsessions of the last decade, and now I have like. I couldn't be more of a stranger right. to it. I know her so well, I can tell that, uh-huh. They're like, hey, did uh, did, did you change his diaper? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's the Hearthstone, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> um, our last email comes in from Danny, who says, Hiya, too long TLDR. I still haven't played Sekiro because I was waiting for the October DLC, like in the previous Souls releases. I didn't want to relearn the game eight months later. I thought that was just such an interesting perspective because I like I get where you're coming from. Right. Uh, of course, Sekiro DLC never happened, so now I'm wondering what should I play first, Sekiro or Elden Ring? Oh. I yeah, think you should play Elden Ring. First. I'd probably yeah, go I see to where Elden you're coming Ring, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not because I don't love Sekiro. I adore Sekiro. 
Um, and this may not matter to you. Maybe, maybe you want the opposite of what I'm about to say, which I could also understand. But I think there's something kind of magical of discovering, because Souls games are all about discovery, discovering things as the world is discovering them. And you right. kind of get that like enchanted feeling of like, oh, we none of us knew this, but now we know this. Um, whereas like Sekiro is a game that is so solved and it'll be new to you. But I think that community aspect might be a little less emphasized, if that makes sense. Right. Oh, yeah, they're all going to be playing Elden Ring. Yeah, everyone's, yeah, exactly. They're all going to be playing Elden Ring. And like, That's a good point. you're going to get in there, and if you manage to play it like right at release, you're going to go, you're going to see all those summon signs, you know, and just like tons of messages. And I, I think that stuff is exciting. Yeah. I also think that there's less of that in Sekiro in general mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and also, they, they play very differently. So I think, yeah. you know, might as might as well get into Elden Ring, which seems to play a little bit more in a familiar terms, like a Dark Souls. Right. Um, uh, than Sekiro, which has a totally, you know, it, it has a totally different emphasis. It's like there's still the core of the, like, okay, dodge and, you know, counterattack and get better, but it, it, it feels like a very different game. That might actually be a, it's a good point that you bring up, Blood, because it might be, uh, you, you might have to learn less with Elden Ring, and so it'll allow you yeah. to kind of get into it and, and write it out maybe more easily. What do you think, Brandon? Writing it out. I like that. It's yeah. a good Elden Ring thing. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, just from somebody who like got you know beaten, body and soul, by Sekiro, ran away screaming and crying, uh, I would when I let the kind of spoiler floodgates open, I would like every now and then after I'm like, okay, I'm probably not gonna beat this game. So let me I'm curious to see like later parts. Mm-hmm. And I would see bosses and stuff and I'm like, I can't even believe what I'm looking at. I yeah. can't I can't believe the size of what's happening and the scale of the battle that it's Brandon, of the environment that those battles are happening on. Somebody and, beat one of those bosses blindfolded I on ADDQ even, this past weekend. But it's like Spider Man <laughs> it's like if Spider Man and Dark Souls like got together, you know, like just yeah. seeing how quick they can move and and just really just stuff lighting on fire and just environments changing so dramatically. Um, they're like, yeah, the, I don't think that satisfaction is going to go away. I think you, you, you right. hit it, you nailed it with the zeitgeist. Like get into mm-hmm. the thing that's popular right now. And then, yeah, those crazy bosses, all that late game stuff is waiting for you. Um, I, I, it was a bummer. There were some of those bosses I watched. It's like, oh, I wish I'd gotten that far because look at that thing. Like, yeah. Just really, really cool. I would, I would be a privilege to be killed by that thing. Sekiro is a humbling game in, in many aspects because I remember coming back to it, we were shooting something and I was playing it again and just getting like absolutely owned. And it's like, I've already beaten you. Like, I know I can do this. I feel like I've never played this game before. Yeah. Uh, and so getting re-humbled uh, is a fun experience. Re-humbled. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sequel to Returnal's so called Re-humbled. <laughs> That's that's what they certainly might humble me tonight. We, uh, yep, that's what they should call the remaster. Getting humbled tonight. Getting humbled tonight. Uh, thank you to everybody who wrote into Frame Trap. The email address is askeasyallies at gmail Once again, that is askeasyallies at gmail Thank you so much to Brandon Jones, and Daniel Blundworth. Until next time.